It's time to get nerdy. It's the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your host, Tyler Mack. <laughs> Brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Encore Theatrical Company, Freddy Cat Productions, and Ashley Lodge Photography. 30 and Nerdy is an alternate reality radio show, a member of the Legion of Independent Podcasts, and a Badcast Company production. Join the Nerd World Order by following the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join the conversation by using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. Find the show on the Pod Nation at podchaser.com and rate this episode. Got something to say? Email the show at 30andNerdyPod at gmail.com. Cheers to you, nerds. Now get ready to nerd out with your host, the Sweet Tea of the Nerdy South, your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the 30 Nerdy Podcast. I have some amazing guests with me today. Why don't we run around the, the virtual room here and introduce ourselves? Dre, why don't we start with you? Go ahead. Um, I'm Dre, on AdreDriven83 on Twitter, from Brooklyn, New York, you know, fan of all the podcast guys right here. Um, Matt Ken started me off with this podcast when I met him at um, Comic-Con in line going to the DC um, situation. Um, and after that, ran to everybody else. So, you know, so that's me. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to the discussion. Oh, I'm, I'm Rich. I think that's still my name. Uh, from Free Fat Nerds Podcast. Uh, of course, uh, I, I'm also team up with Ken over on Twitch doing the uh, uh, Switch 607 podcast thing. We cover the wrestling show over there. Uh, I, I always make the joke that I am the hardest working man in independent podcasting. So uh, I'm just doing a ton of stuff. But uh, I'm, I'm a big fan, of course, of 30 Nerdy Podcast. I'm happy to be here. Can't wait to talk to all the fine people on this panel. Dom, you, you, you can tell that. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> uh, what's up, everybody? Dominic here from the East Coast Avengers. Uh, based here in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, we teamed up with uh, Ken from ODPH podcast about, what was it, like two months ago, I want to say, two or three months? Just shy of that, uh, yeah. When Agents yeah. of S.H.I.E.L.D. was still rocking and rolling. Right, right, right. So uh, then uh, first met Ken, then we met uh, Dre when we did our whole big, you know, group discussion from the uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. finale, and then now I'm here on 30 and Nerdy with everybody else, so just very excited to be uh, joining you guys tonight. Yep, and uh, my name is JT, uh, also uh, another half of the, or the other uh, member of ECA, we have five of us, so the other three are either out of town, at work, or at work. Uh, at school, uh, basically. Yeah, at school, school, yeah, um, but yeah, kind of what Dom said. Uh, I'm really happy to uh, join in on the uh, the episode tonight and uh, just talk some nerd things, guys. Sweet. And I guess I'm Ken. I'm the host of the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. And yeah, I know everybody here. I'm a fan of everybody's and I always like interacting with everybody. So when Tyler brought up the idea about Crisis on Infinite Nerd Versus, I was like, okay. <laughs> Gotta go get some of our great friends that we know from Twitter that interact that can definitely talk it up and definitely do some great content. So 
this was like the hit list right here. So we think we got everybody on and, and let's go mm -hmm. have some fun. <laughs> Sweet. So like you said, uh, the reason we're here is we were talking about, you know, stuff like going on and all that. And it just kind of hit me up. I've, I've always kind of seen uh, the different podcasts in nerd culture that I listen to throughout the week as different, like nerdiverses, multiverses of, of nerddom or whatever. And I was like, Oh man, it'd be cool to, to get everybody together and kind of talk about the crisis that's been the pandemic for nerd culture, uh, whether it be lack of content, cancellation, stuff like that. And he started shouting out some names and I was like, Hey, call them, tell them let's, <laughs> let's get as many people as we can. Cause, cause I want to, you know, pick brains and, and talk about what it's been like to be a nerd during the pandemic. And also told him I don't want to play too, he too, too heavily or lightly on it. I don't want to, you know, make, make light of the fact that there have been lives lost during this pandemic. I, do I definitely yeah. don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, have, I have a ton of talking points here. I guess the, where we can start is like the early days of the pandemic. Like it's like it's gone by fast and slow at the same time. Mm -hmm. So it's it's just a blur. I guess my first question for each of you is is where were you when the news broke and, and what moment were you kind of like okay this this might be something serious. Mm. I guess okay round table it. Okay, well I was um in Delaware um headed to my wife's cousin's um wedding. And it was it, it was like the couple weeks before it was like you had to cut down the numbers and numbers got cut down even more and more. And they thought they wasn't even gonna have it, but the last minute it was allowed to have about 10, 10 people. So it was able to run and you know, run to the wedding. We ain't doing no reception at all. And I think they're doing that next year. Um and we were just like, Okay, this is getting serious, you know, and um we were just like, Okay, let's just get through this, you know, we be prior month. And you know, be back to normal, but we here now. So, so that wasn't my indication then. It wasn't like it is now. But that was um, that was that's where I was at in Delaware when it happened. Right when things started getting real serious, um, was we were actually at a Grizzlies basketball game. And um, for those who don't know, I work for the Memphis Grizzlies here in Tennessee, and um, it got to the point to where it was kind of buzzing around that the next game we would play would have no fans and we were all kind of like okay no fans are going to happen um you know it, it's going to be all empty stadium the only people who are going to be in there are the workers like for me and the players and the refs and timekeepers and all that and then um i think when the actual news broke that things are going to start getting shut down dom and i were actually getting ready to come uh do a an episode and we were actually at uh Chick-fil-A here in Memphis and we were all sitting down and that's when Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz uh, was the first NBA player to um, to have it and that's when they kind of shut everything down so around that timetable um, was right when everything was just getting crazy and that's when I think we all knew like I think Dom and I were talking about we we're like what if this like shuts down everything and then it happened and everything was like completely shut down we can't go into restaurants anymore and uh I got an email, I think that next uh, Monday, and it was like, hey, um, we apologize for everything happening, but basically you're, you're no longer working for us. Well, you're, you're no longer going to be able to come into the games if there are games to, you know, to happen. And so that, that was kind of where we were at, honestly. 
Yeah, I, I was, it was kind of weird because uh, I, I, between work and uh, school, of course, I have a uh, 15-year-old stepson. So uh, at the time, it was kind of like we we're, were trying to figure out, okay, is this going to be real, legitimate? Uh, they're really going to shut things down. Of course, living in, in New York State, you know, we're, you know, just waiting on words. Everything is getting mixed up. You know, work saying one thing, everything. And the next thing you know, it was just like, boom, it was done. And uh, they shut everything down and the kids at home and there was nothing in place. And, and it, you know, the nice part is he's older, so he, he he's pretty much takes care of himself. But both me and my wife are essential workers mm. uh, and uh, she works at the hospital because she's uh, she works in the pharmacy, the hospital. She's a pharmacy tech. And uh, so we didn't know. We didn't know if, you know, if something broke out at the hospital, if she'd be coming home. We didn't know if something broke out where I work because myself and Ken work together, if I would be coming home. You know, like if we would have to quarantine away from each other. So there was just a lot of uncertainties. Uh, thankfully, none of that happened. So that was really nice and, and clutch. But it, it was, uh, I, I, there was a lot of stuff. I was very stressed. I will put it that oh, way gosh. when this all first started off. Uh, much less now. So, but yeah, I definitely it was bad, in my opinion. Ken? Um, I guess when it really sunk in was probably about first week of March. And we already were planning on the ODPH about doing the final four tournament. Mm -hmm. And we always make a big thing about the breakdowns and, and coach and Pat and I were all just in the group text chat and we're saying, well, you know, we're hearing about this, like any kind of idea of what's going to happen, what's going to go on forward. And then that night that Rudy Gobert tested positive and it was the jazz at Oklahoma city, if I'm not mistaken, and everything shut down. And to see just like that reaction, we all like in the group text is like, yo, is this real? Is this happening? Like, where, where are we going to go from here? And like, okay, is the tournament going to happen? Is it not? And then you start hearing just like dominoes, like everything started shutting down. And for us, it was, it's so surreal. Like it honestly felt like a bad movie. Like, okay, what is going on? Because you think in this day and age, we wouldn't be living through something like this. And, you know, you'd hear something yeah. like in the past about like bird flu and, and, you know, all the other kind of flus and they just kind of were taken care of, or at least fell under the radar, so to speak. So to hear like mm -hmm. the, this is the virus and now it's going all over the world and how it's affecting us here in the States. I mean, it was, it was just so surreal. I think that's the only way I could describe it. And then just like I said, once everything started shutting down, I was like, okay, this is really happening. I gotta say, I, uh, early, like early, early on. Uh, mm -hmm. I was living with Logan in Atlanta at the time, who is the Rev. The very first, honestly, day or two of it, after they kind of titled it what they titled it, obviously me being a kind of a sarcastic Southern boy, I immediately started making beer jokes. Then I got a, a text from my brother who is an assistant principal in the city in New York in Harlem. Uh, he lives there and he start. he told me, he said, Hey, so I'm coming home. We're about to shut down. And these are the numbers that we're already at. Uh, I think someone in his building died from it. And he was like my age. And so I was like, okay, this is, this isn't a, a new strand of flu. This isn't swine flu. Yeah. This is, this is something different, something we've maybe never seen before. So we immediately, like within our family group texts, were like, we're all coming home to the, the childhood home in Morristown and, and we're going to hunker down and 
try to live this thing out. (laughs) uh, I, uh, I unfortunately did contract it uh, in the time, even though I was smart, I was masked up everywhere. I washed my hands. I was smart about where I went. We stayed in home as much as possible, but I still caught it. I'm the only one in my family that caught it. Um, And luckily my symptoms were like a week and a half long migraine lethargy and a little bit of short breath. So I was lucky to, to not have a lot of the symptoms I was seeing out in the, in the world. And I actually, my family knew two older men who died from it here in Morristown and who caught it at a funeral of another friend. So I was like, okay, this isn't, this isn't the swine flu. This isn't avian flu. This is something we don't know what to to do. Um, so, I mean, it, it became pretty serious after probably the first week of it. And when we got all got here stationary at our, our hub, if you will, I was like, my God. And then my mom all of a sudden felt like she had to start working for Fauci. Uh, she, she would, every morning she would look up the numbers and she'd do her own data. She's a science nerd, uh, has degrees in science and chemistry. So she's all about the numbers. Huge Breaking Bad fan. So she, every morning we'd get a report of where we're at, who's grown, how much have grown. And she still to this day does it uh, eight months later almost. And I got to tell you, what's surreal about it is he was like, we already lived through 9-11. Something that someone's teaching in a history class. You know, you never, you don't wake up and think, how many history classes will I live through in my lifetime? How many mm-hmm. chapters of a history book will I, will I live through? And he's like, and now we've lived through two, at least, mm-hmm. 9-11 mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. global pandemic, because this will mm-hmm. be taught to our kids mm-hmm. in history mm-hmm. class. Yeah. And I was like, dude, 2020 will be taught. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> exactly. Dominic, what about you, man? Uh, it's kind of pretty much on the same page as JT. Uh, it really, really didn't start getting real to me until like probably a couple of days before my birthday because like everything started happening around then so I had like plans to I said like hey I'm gonna do like a little brunch with friends then like with some more friends uh, when it started like getting really real serious I was just like you know what I'm gonna just have to you know cancel these things I don't want to be you know the cause of somebody getting the virus or I get the virus myself yeah, that was when it started getting real for me. And then, like, a couple of days after my birthday, uh, my boss just said, you know, hey, everybody's going to work from home uh, at this point. I think that's when our city started going into our uh, lock- our lockdown before we got into phase one, uh, probably like a month or two after that lockdown. So uh, that was around the time when I was like, okay, this is actually a, a real serious thing. I thought it was like, you know, fly by in like a month or two, probably say, oh, no way during the summertime when it heats up and then, you know, heat kills viruses and all that. But here we are in September, beginning of fall, and it's still here. Yeah, I know. I know. Me personally, I know. Okay, when it happened, um, I was at work doing my assignment. And um, my, my supervisor called me, he was like, Grant, Come, come, come back to the office right away. Come back to the shop. Stop what you're doing right now. Head back to the shop. 
I was like, what's going on? What's going on? I came back and said, like, we shutting this whole down, shut the whole shop down. Everything got shut. Like, it was like, yo, go home and we keep you posted what's going on. Um, but, uh, um, fortunately, it was, um, I was able to work from home somewhat, being like on call, you know, so that kind of helped out a lot with that situation. But, you know, like I said, um, oh, I, but I did lose some, some few people because of COVID, like my uncle and a good friend of ours. So yeah, it was, it was just, it was crazy. It's just crazy time of living, guys. For me too, the timing wise, in December, I was laid off uh, of my past job. And then uh, I was an interim for my church as the athletic director up there or the uh, director of recreational ministries. And we had a huge uh, youth versus adult basketball game. And um, I was a participant in it. And that, that was kind of when whispers were going around, like, hey, do you, I mean, do you think this is a good, like, do you think it's going to come over here? Because he, here's what's going on over, you know, overseas and stuff. And then um, we were, you know, everybody was kind of like, nah, you know, it, it's, it, it's just going to be one of those things where it gets over here and then it goes away. And then at the end of February, the beginning of March is when I got the permanent job as the, um, you know, the recreational minister there. And it was, I think like a maybe, maybe a week after I got the full-time job was boom, everything shut down. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, to this day, I'm still kind of in limbo of working at the church for maybe three, four hours during the day. And then the rest of my work is at home. But unfortunately, um, sports is like non-existent here besides the bubble that's in Orlando. So here in Memphis, it's very much, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you all this, you know, we're all basketball fans here and mm -hmm. the league that we're under the church league that we're under sent out a memo saying, Hey, if we have basketball this year for the church and for the youth, this is what it's going to look like. It's going to be three V three on each side of the court. And it's going to be your offense versus their defense, your defense versus their offense. Mm -hmm. You have to stay inside the three point line. There is no touching, no fouling. If you foul, it's an automatic, you have to sit out. And all players, referees, timekeepers, and parents who attend have to wear masks. If the, let's say I, I put up a shot and I missed, and Ken gets the ball and he gets the rebound, and he brings it up to Dre, who's at half court, and then Dre starts the, his offense. That's mm -hmm. how our basketball league was, is, is looking like it's going to be ran. Oh, wow. Wow. So – um, I, I talked to the kids that wow. I know that I'm close with and at the church and I was like, Hey, what do y'all think about these rules? And they were like, no, we're not, we're not playing. Sorry. And I was like, well, there, there goes, <laughs> yeah. there goes the season for all of, you know, all of our kids at church. So, um, but the timing wise really sucked, honestly. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. I can kind of relate to JT because I got my job now, like, right when the pandemic was starting. So I was in the office for about a week and then I started working from home. And <clears throat> I work in college athletics, specifically college bowl, uh, college bowl games here uh, in Memphis. So so we're like pretty much on like hold at this point mm -hmm. because we're still trying to see if we're going to play or not. But we're, I think we are going to play because both of the conferences that we have in our ball game are SEC and Big Twelve, and they said like, "Hey, we're going to have a we're going to have a fall season this season, unlike everybody else." Right now, with my job is just like you know, we're trying we're planning as normal, 
but we're also still kind of like on hold at this point because we don't know what exactly is going to happen. Our game isn't played until like the end of the year, beginning of January. So everything is just like, you know, you know, what are we going to do? When can you give us the word on this? When are we going to play? Can ESPN give us this and that? So it's just a bunch of questions going around, but we're just still uh, moving full speed ahead right now. And I can tell you, if there is an obstinate conference, it's the SEC. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, because when they – No matter uh, what sport it is. Because when they announced, like, I think it was Pac-12 – Oh, no, I think it was the Big Ten who was the first to announce, like, hey, we're not going to do uh, fall season. I said, SEC is going to go for I mean, that's the that's the money maker for college football. Uh, so there ain't no way they're going to try to miss a fall season. They're going to make it happen at some way or some shape or form. And somehow they're making it work, and their season's about to start up this uh, Saturday. Yeah, so, um, I know it was funny when Big Ten that came out a few days ago saying like, "Hey, just kidding, we're gonna try to go for it." <laughs> we're actually playing. <laughs> we were just uh, we were just seeing if you all would do it. You yeah, we're gonna do it. We're uh, we're University of Tennessee season ticket holders. The same season ticket since my dad was mm-hmm. like five. So. Mm-hmm. And what they did was they sent out this big email saying like, hey, first, we want to gauge how many people want to come to the stadium. And I was like, okay. So Mm -hmm. they spent their week or so like getting emails like who's coming, who's not coming. And then they said, okay, this many people said they were still willing to come. Now, I, I was not like individually, I was not like, heck yeah, let's do it. My older cousin, who kind of handles the tickets right now, was just like, like, let's just play the lottery. Let's see what happens. We did not win the lottery. Uh, we did not get chosen uh, out of the 20,000 people that get to come because what they did was they obviously went with their big donors first. We are not big donors. We're not the Haslam family, <laughs> obviously. And then they set aside people, a certain amount of tickets to sell individually at the box office. But they have hiked these prices astronomically just to walk up to the box office and buy a ticket. And I was like, well, they're, they're going to get there. They're trying to get their money. And then they said, oh, but every game, you have to be there two hours early, and there's no concessions. But also, you still can't bring food and drink into the, into the stadium. So I was like, I honestly don't think we would have had fun. Yeah. Like, I really don't. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> it's like, you're not going to feed us? But you want us to – I mean, imagine a 12 o'clock kickoff. we got to be there at 10. Yeah. <laughs> to go through the process of getting into the stadium. You're not selling concessions, but we can't bring food in. I was like, I'm kind of glad <laughs> because cause we still got to keep, like – they're like, even if you don't come, even if you don't win the lottery aspect of it, you're not taking off for next year. You're still going to be offered your season tickets deeming on what next year looks like. You know, mm. so I said, mm. I, look, let's let's stay home. Let's, you know, these first couple of games will still be pretty warm. We'll swim in the pool up until kickoff. And we don't have to be there and go through these these tight things that they're making you do. And I was like, I'm kind of glad we didn't get picked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we're talking about like athletics uh, cancellations and postponements and stuff like that. But in our nerd culture, it started really small. 
early on. It was kind of like a uh, Wonder Woman, I think. Was Wonder Woman the first thing? I think it was Fast, Fast, Fast and Furious. Yeah, Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious was the first. Yeah. yeah. To kind of say, okay, we're going to push it back mm-hmm. just to be safe. And then you just saw this trickle down Marvel, DC, Comic Cons canceling, mm-hmm. parks closing, television sending their, you know, stopping filming. I mean, I was in Atlanta, Stranger Things sh- shut down. Walking Dead was like shut mm-hmm. down. So mm-hmm. it's like, we're done. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, hopefully this will go away. But I was like, oh man, I, I, we kind of had a schedule planned for 30 and nerdy. <laughs> like we had like the next few months booked, like what we were going to talk about kind of based off of what was coming out to, in theaters and on mm-hmm. television, mm-hmm. on stream. I was like, so what the heck am I going to, what has that done for you all? Like how have you seen yourself have to evolve the content you're talking about with all that stuff gone. Uh, I'm especially uh, interested, like, obviously, you know, titles, Black Widow not coming, Wonder Woman not dropping, even Mulan, which we did watch this past weekend. It's really not that bad. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> pretty enjoyable. Rich, what, I mean, what, what was the first thing you were thinking about, like, okay, upcoming content's going to shift a little bit? Well, actually, we were in an even more unique uh a situation in that because our first thing that we had to worry about is our studio is in a game shop. Like mm-hmm. it, it is literally, we have a studio in a game shop. That's what they pay for their sponsorship. They give us a studio and that's where everything is. And uh, when the rulings went down, it was that nobody was allowed in businesses that weren't deemed essential. So now you're looking at a possible thousand dollar fine to even enter the studio uh the, there is there was a workaround thankfully uh that's how you didn't miss an episode of the three fat nerds podcast our workaround was either to do it remotely and then we did go back into the studio uh because as uh friends of the owners it was deemed that we were employees but yet we had a space there so mm-hmm. because the, that is considered an office we were allowed to use it so the first real problem was oh man our studios there do i have to move all of my equipment from you know and i mean it's not like heavy but you know it's 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 arms mixing boards you know you see it like on stream if you're watching it on stream that's the studio that's the actual studio and it's like i have to move all of this to my house or to somebody else's house and do this all over again so that was the first thing and then it became okay content well the nice part especially if you listen to the podcast around that is that we have a machine that uh that all you have to do is feed him a little bit and it, and it just comes out, and that, of course, is the notorious one. Hashtag Big Daddy Cool. Hashtag, I won't go into the whole hashtag. The man of the thousand and four hashtag, uh, Diesel. And uh, the, the nice part about doing the whole uh, – that was, at the same time, for some reason, he brought up the fact that he was uh, – that he always thought that his life was the Truman Show. Truman Show. <laughs> so we really like kind of like switched up a little bit and started going to his delusional stuff. And then we made it really clear early on that we weren't going to uh, talk about COVID at all. Mm. Uh, we, we didn't want to mention it. We didn't want to mention people who died and not because of their memory. We would mention them. Hey, you know, I'm sorry, you know, this person passed on, but I, we didn't want to stay on it because we're like, this is an entertainment form. And if anybody's listening, we already know it's hard. We're already, mm. already all in a struggle. We're all yeah. stressed out. You know, yeah. at one point in Juncture, I was worried that Ron was going to lose his job, who's on the show. Diesel was home, uh, thankfully being paid, but he was home. 
Uh, I'm, I'm essential. I'm worried about my wife. As I said earlier, all this stuff is going on and it's just like, mm -hmm. and we're worried about the game shop because the owners of the game shop are friends of ours at the end of the day as well. And you know, they're closed down. They're not even allowed to sell anything online at that point Ooh. in juncture. Mm -hmm. Think about that. They can't have yeah. any business transactions at all. Mm. And, and they have rent and stuff. Thankfully, their landlord was good with it and uh, has helped them out and let them, you know, kind of carry a balance. But those were all like real stresses in our world. So I'm like, we're dealing with this. Imagine what other people are dealing with. Imagine what people who mm -hmm. might be getting sick or have loved ones who are sick mm -hmm. are dealing with. If the least we can do is make some, you know, fart jokes and make people laugh <laughs> and, and talk about and talking about Diesel's delusions of being in the Truman Show is the least we can do. And then as as things ramped up, as you guys know, it just became all right, we can talk about, you know, there's other things that were coming into play. Things, you know, as production started opening up on certain things, we knew we weren't going to get the movies, but there was news coming out. And then that's kind of where we played the ball from there. But it, it became more of like switching up from what we were doing mm -hmm. into talking about other things in the past or uh, really relying on the fact that uh, of, of our personal stuff without mentioning, you know, things. And like I said, uh, he's a genius without knowing it, but I think we really survived in the first couple months because that was around the time that Diesel told me in a car and he's my real life best friend. I, I always make the joke of uh, the Jay and Silent Bob joke that he's my heterosexual life mate. I like that. And, uh, <laughs> and he, uh, as my wife said, he's he, not only he was my best man at my wedding, he was also the best maid of honor she could have ever had as well. So I mean, he's, we, I love him. He's the greatest. And he tells me in a car one night, like, you know, my whole life, I felt like people were watching me. And then we found out he never saw the Truman show. Even though he brought it up, it was like the Truman Show. He's never seen that movie because he's like, it freaked me out because I think that's what my life is. He was like, I feel like you're a paid actor. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so we just brought it out to the world and it, it created a lot of things. But yeah, man, I'm telling you, there was a lot of that as well for you guys. I had things planned out. The worst part about it is I had conventions planned out. Oh, like yeah. we were gearing up into con season and I had all sorts of crazy stuff that, you know, we were running a, a really big convention uh, seen thankfully this year we were running i do believe i had like ken i think we had what 10 of them that mm -hmm. i had planned out or something, something like, like that. that yeah and then of course new york comic con was on the list too and, and you know thanks to ken i was like on the precipice of getting a, a press badge but by the way i did <laughs> i was accepted as press <laughs> to an event that's not going to happen now so <laughs> that kind of sucked but <laughs> so that was my luck it's my fault that it's not happening as, as uh, i joked about but uh, yeah, it was just, there was a lot of things, crazy things going on, but I, I'm sure. And like I said, I'm fans of your guys. So I know you guys, what you guys did, but I'm interested to hear how you guys dealt with it as well. So, uh, who's up next? <laughs> um, like for us, it became a challenge because, uh, coach Duffy has a very young family. So when it, everything started shutting down, he obviously was going to go be at home for a while. So that's why he wasn't on the show for a good while. And Pat and I also work with Rich, so we're all essential workers. So for us, it was just literally, okay, what are we going to do? And like our lunchroom discussions was pretty much like, all right, well, if we can't cover this, why don't we bring up this? And we started just reworking, like, what can we talk about? Like our favorite moments, favorite this, favorite that. Just something to kind of just ease everybody's mind because like Rich touched upon, we made a point not to mention about COVID at mm. all. Like we would actually refer to it as C-19. And even like to the point, like on my personal Facebook page, I started running an anti C19 question every night. I just yes, throw up a did. gift question just mm -hmm. to get everybody's mind off it, which actually I'm having people text me like, where's the question tonight? I'm on the, <laughs> I'm on the air. I'm not, I'm not doing this right now. So, it, but it was something just to get everybody's mind off it. And like Pad, cause I was asking him like, what do you want to do about the show? And, 
pad is like i always say if i'm batman he's nightwing like he is always just like whatever you want to do i'm doing and i was like well what's your gut feeling he's like we should keep doing the show he's like i don't think we should take a break and i was like okay how do you want to do this and like for us when everything started getting shut down and i think it was something the first immediate thing that we had to rework we actually had to work with rich and and thank god that dmg was allowed to reopen was live stream for the cure because that was the first time that we were going to be on that uh, streamathon that's ran by Epic Film Guys. If anybody's not familiar, it's a they expanded to what five days this year, Rich? Yeah, it was it was five days this year. But yeah, that was close. That was cutting the wire. I think that was phase. That was the start of phase two, and it was literally the week of that we got approved, and it was like, oh man, cool, great. Because if not, it was going to be a rough one. Yeah, it was going to be rough because this is the first time that uh, if you're not familiar with a live stream for cures. It's a streamathon on Twitch that they raise money for the cancer research Institute. And it is invite um, by the Epic film guys. They bring in a lot of different content creators to help raise money for it. And this year we were asked to be a part of it. And like I said, it came right down to the wire. So we actually had like really like basically reworked three different ideas of how we we're going to pull it off. And luckily everything kind of worked itself out and we were able to be a part of that. And just for just providing content, it's just like whatever we could do to bring something to the table. Like if we had to go research old of DVDs, like we had a list ready to go deep dive into an old series just to have something on there. The sports show became more of the difficult one because obviously when there's no sports, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, where are we going to mm-hmm. talk about? Thank God for the last dance because that oh, yes. Because <laughs> that, was, that was something that helped carry us through. And then we cover UFC, which they decided to find a way to keep going, and WWE. So a lot of that content switched over to that, so we'd have something to cover and, and present to the table. So it was a challenge. I mean, it still is. But luckily, things have started to open up a little bit, and we've been able to expand on some topics. And it actually kind of helped us roll into a little bit of the, what we're doing now on twitch.tv slash 67 podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, jumping in on that, I, uh, George Jan, because you said the wrestling, that was the only thing that was actually nice since pro wrestling stayed open. The mm-hmm. fact that me and Ken do a wrestling show was yeah. perfect. That was the only <laughs> show. that, we, And, like, every other show, we're, like, trying to come up with news, and me and him would look at each other every week before Thursday, and we have these long diatribes of, like, these long lists of things we can talk about in wrestling, and we're like, there's too much. We have to cut this from the show. And it's like and everything else you're like, you know, begging for a little piece. And it's just like, oh, I got too much stuff going on here. <laughs> and, and that, that was the only show. And then thankfully that's what transferred over into the twitch.tv slash 607 mm-hmm. podcast doing the wrestling show live every mm-hmm. week is because we're like, hey, we might as well. We're already doing it. It's a lot of fun. But yeah, that was the only show that did not give me a headache. Yeah. Uh, Horror Zone was a headache because I still have Mike C. Uh, and I, I mean, I love him, but he is still in quarantine. So it's all done remote, and uh, it's 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 interesting how to get around that and make sure you sound the best that I can make it when your host, because he's the host of that show, mm-hmm. is you know on a phone line pretty much. So it's kind of like you know it, it's got its own you know tribes there. We actually just switched over to doing movie reviews, but yeah, with with Ken, it, we had a lot of interesting <laughs> conversations in the break room at work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Like we'd we'd sit down like every day and like we plan out everybody's shows and just like okay, what are we gonna do this week? Because like nothing's going on. But you know, we just found a way to do it, and obviously, just like listening to everybody else and seeing everybody else has been going very strong with their content. It's been amazing to interact with everybody. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's it's been a challenge, but we I feel we've stepped up for it. I feel our fellow colleagues have stepped up for it, and you know, we're going forward. And I, the feedback we've been getting too is just people have been saying, thank you for doing something. Mm-hmm. It's an escape. 
yeah. each each yeah. of these shows and, and the other shows that aren't <clears throat> with us tonight, whether in they're in the Pod Nation group, the Apocalypse group on Podchaser, Alternate Reality Radio, all the groups that we're part of, they're an escape in their own right to somebody. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. just knowing that the independent podcasts were were continuing to even if they're you know we're kind of in this mentality of like i don't care if 25 people are listening you know that's 25 Mm -hmm. people that for somebody i'm an escape for an hour hour and a half what have you right Uh, Mm -hmm. and i've got to commend the independent podcast world you know for continuing because i'm actually some professional podcasts stopped they you know they Mm -hmm. they stopped because they're they're celebrities and they're kind of following this different path and we just kept going. So I think that it was nice to have an escape for people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I could testify that, you know, your podcasts are really great to listen to. I listen to all of them. Every time I put one up, I'm always on it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. We appreciate that, Dre. Like more than you know, man. Seriously. No problem. No problem. I, think, I think from, and I know Dom, Dom and I uh, probably will have the same answer to this, but for us, honestly, the biggest uh, hurdle to get over was not meeting in person. Um, because we all, all five of us meet at my house. Uh, we call it the HQ and we all meet and literally we all, either, we all bring something different to the table. Um, I'm usually more of the Marvel sports kind of person. Dom is Marvel sports DC Josh and Darren are like our Star Wars, Harry Potter people. Um, Christian is our biggest DC guy. And so we all bring something different to the table. And so from, from our standpoint, it was, okay, now we have to collectively, as single people, we have to bring something completely different on Zoom or over some other you know, platform. Um, and then the difficult part was to, okay, how do we get this as a audio file to put on anchor and how do we get this audio file to, you know, get out there and put our episodes out. And so for the longest time, what we would do is we would be on like a, this app called house party and I would have it set up. Like the mic would be like, my phone would be right here with everybody on it. And then the mic would be sitting right here. And so you could hear like, it was very, very unprofessional. <laughs> um, but then, but then we, we started asking other people and, and, you know, getting tips from other people at other podcasts and like, Hey, just do zoom and record from zoom like your episode. And then the audio, it splits into audio and video. And we were like, boom, there we go. But then we all started feeling a little more comfortable to start coming around. And um, I believe we had one episode where we got back together, maybe two months after yeah, like just one episode and one episode. then after that cases just started rising again we're just like let's just go home it was it was right this. around <laughs> it was right around uh it was the episode after fourth of july mm-hmm. and yeah so we were like oh well maybe a thousand cases that hit like positive cases that hit in memphis mm-hmm. and we were like okay um stay home. We'll do this for a couple more months, but honestly, and it's going to sound weird, but the, the pandemic has really helped us. If- uh, well, yeah, I was going to jump in and say like one thing content wise that's kind of helped us was with all the collaborations that we've done in quarantine. Uh, I can't remember whose idea it was to try to do all of these collabs with other podcasts. JT, I think it was probably you, but we just started like 
reaching out to other podcasts saying like, hey, would you like to come on our show? Uh, you know, we do episode featuring you guys. You tell us about yourself and your podcast, and then we can just jump into whatever topics that we have for that episode. So that was one thing that like really, really helped us. And then another thing that was kind of like a hurdle for us uh, is that we also have a, a YouTube channel, and the thing was that we can't get a person and do these videos anymore or we can't go out and blog like we usually do because everything is closed down so we just basically did like everything on zoom we did our episodes on zoom uh sometimes we will we will actually put our podcast episodes on zoom so we can have like some youtube content uh me and jt we did uh, our agents of shield recap videos on zoom when we were still in quarantine uh it was just everything was just on zoom for us uh, for that time being uh, while we were in lockdown. And so it actually, like JT said, it actually like kind of helped us in a way and helped us grow a little bit too. Mm-hmm. So it was both a hurdle and then also a blessing in disguise if you want to put it that way. Yeah, I think, I think <laughs> another thing that helped us honestly was things just started like, you know, accomplishments started happening out of nowhere. Um, we, we cracked the top 50, um, on the hot, you know, the hot 50 podcast. Um, we, we got over a thousand subscribers on YouTube. I think we're right now we're sitting almost at 1.7 K. Um, one of our biggest videos is at 300,000 views right now. It, you know, we, we started our own Twitch channel, um, which we're almost, you know, an affiliate of Twitch. Um, we, I mean, just, just different things and, you know, um, it, it really started kind of making us aware that this, it, it used to be something that we did just for kind of like, like you said, an escape, um, mm-hmm. just kind of to get out there and to really just, you know, we, we, our whole thing and our big saying at ECA is we don't care about clicks. We're not, cl- we, we don't care about views. We don't care about numbers. We care that we're putting out content that we like and that we love to have that out there for people. If we look in our episode, you know, we're having an episode tomorrow. If we, when we upload it on Thursday and it gets one view, perfect. That's one viewer that listened to us. Like, and that's all we care about. Like that is, you know, I I can remember sitting here talking to Dom and saying, you know, uh, you know, Oh my God. Hey, our first episode of the recap and review of agent of shield got 30 views. And he was like, dude, that's awesome. I'm like, hell yeah, 30 views. That's great. And now we're sitting here and literally Josh just messaged us in our group chat and said, hey, our Batman trailer reaction is almost reaching at 300,000 views. It's like, yeah, I'm the biggest proponent of saying yeah. it only takes one, something, one, mm-hmm. one thing to just break the floodgates open. And mm-hmm. honestly, you know, yes, the the pandemic is is you know is horrible in every other sense of the word you know everybody's locked down every you know people are losing their lives you know family members are just hurting right now people are losing their jobs but for us it kind of pushed us to say we're not going to stop we're going to continue this we're going to look deeper into content uh darren and i have a marvel encyclopedia book that's like 500 pages you know thick and we said, hey, let's all pick a page, let's review this gift character, and then we'll have an episode that says, hey, we'll, we're going to talk about this this character. We stopped it because it kind of got 
a little old, but that was something that we started. Uh, Dom and I, again, I go back to the recap and reviews. We're actually doing one um, right now on the boys uh, season two. So we're starting that um, just again, just different ideas. We're just, I mean, literally it's just in a business standpoint, you don't want to throw things at the wall and make sure they stick. You want to have a central thing that you know is going to work. But from our standpoint, and we're not a business, though it works well, is we can throw content out and whatever sticks, hey, it sticks. I mean, if it doesn't stick, eh, you know, we, there, there's still some stuff that we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, honestly, we only have a few hurdles that we had to get over. And, you know, right now we're, we, I think we're four weeks strong of meeting in person and everybody is doing their due diligence to, you know, mask up, wash their hands, stay healthy, stay, you know, where we can come to my house and we can record and stuff. So um, I think for, again, it's helped us in like, like Dom said, it's a blessing in disguise for real um, to have the, the willpower of five of us, because that is a difficult task. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I, I, I listen to podcasts and I hear podcasts and I see people start podcasts of one or two people. And I can see how that's like easier, but with us being five of us, like, you know, there, there are some struggles there, but we, you know, we're going strong right now. Um, and I mean, Dom, do you have anything else to, to add to that? Like JT said, like with five of us, you know, it's, it was, it's difficult now because like, you know, school is starting back up uh, because we have uh, Josh and Christian, they're still in uh, school uh, at the University of Memphis. So they're doing like their online thing. Uh, me and JT with our uh, jobs, but basically like the grown-ups of this of the group at this point. And so I know with me, I'm probably the busiest out of everybody in the group just because of with my job and dealing with sports. Um, I just know, you know, some things I want to be able, you know, to like make or do with everybody else. Like JT said, our one of our videos got almost close to 300,000 views. I had to miss that because I was coming back in town from um, friend's birthday but like he said before like we just find some way to like make it work with all five of us and you know thankfully we're still going strong we're still growing you know i just can't wait to see you know where else it uh, takes us from here what do you think one question i have about i imagine that it helped the already established stuff that like marvel and dc had that everything's put on hold and we're stuck at home did it, do you feel that it helped their already established universes and, and properties and all that? Cause now people are stuck at home and like, Hey, let's catch up on it. Let's watch all 23 movies of the MCU so that when it starts back, mm-hmm. do you think it helped nerd culture any in that aspect of like, okay, now people's eyes may be getting open to these nerdy things since they're stuck at home. I think it helped DC. I don't think it helped Marvel. And I think it helped some of the more independent content, like such as the Umbrella Academy, mm-hmm. such as the shows coming out for Amazon Prime. Because the one thing about Marvel is Marvel is so timeline-based. Like one movie has to come out or one show has to come out, yeah. then the other, then the other. It's a domino effect. So if you take one of those pieces out, it's going to throw everything off. That's why when WandaVision was finally announced, that's why it's such a big deal because we all know that Falcon Winter Soldier was supposed to take place 
It's tied in with Black Widow. Mm-hmm. So whatever's going to happen there is going to happen there. They have to dance around the story until Doctor Strange 2 is back up and running or whatever's going to transpire there. And that's why they haven't announced a date for WandaVision. So just for like an example. Mm-hmm. Whereas DC was allowed, and I don't want to say a luxury because it's not, but they were allowed some time to refocus, okay, what are we going to do with our movies? Because obviously they're not doing a shared universe no. per se. Wonder Woman 84, obviously it hurts for them not to come out on time, but it did allow them to really build up fandom into what the monster it was. So, I, I like I said, it, it's a double-edged sword with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, can, I can agree with that. Um, I think from Marvel's standpoint a little bit, I will say, like, they are – they were at the tail end of their tie-in of the, you know, 22 movies that they were trying to make. You know, Endgame was a culmination of the 22 movies that were put together to make this one movie. Um, and then it ended, and then everyone was so on their high horse about Endgame, and they were so high on it that mm-hmm. – once the new year started hitting and we, we heard about Black Widow and we got, you know, we actually got uh, Spider-Man Far From Home and we were kind of still riding that high. And then once we heard about Black Widow coming out, okay, that's really hype. We're, it's, you know, finally it's happening. Mm-hmm. We're still mm-hmm. getting it. And then everything started shutting down. It's kind of like, I think for me as a Marvel fan, yes, I have watched all 23 movies again in, you know, in order. Um, yes, I've done that move, you know, that MCU movie marathon. Um, but for me, I think it's good that Marvel has kind of taken this break because we were, you know, Marvel in, in itself and for us, you know, fans of it, we were so, I mean, it, it was like injecting in our veins of Marvel content. And then finally you kind of get this pause and this break, which it can help Marvel in a, in a really good way if they play it off right. I've said it from the get-go. Hold off everything that, you know, Black Widow, Falcon Winter Soldier. If if the rumors are true and WandaVision is coming at the very end of December, that's kind of where I, I can start seeing things. But 2021, Marvel needs to hit off off the bat. I mean, they need to just put all their content in. I mean, y'all, y'all saw how the, the WandaVision trailer was um, maybe a minute, 45 seconds. And that blew up. Mm-hmm. Twitter mm-hmm. that blew up YouTube. I mean, every every you know mainstream person was doing a reaction video, and we did one, so I, I kind of put mm-hmm. us in that in that category as well. But it was so big that like, I mean, it was just for a minute and forty five seconds. Like, mm-hmm. just think if they dropped a movie trailer for Eternals, mm-hmm. that's yeah. gonna be, that's going to be huge too. But I will say this about DC: it has made me grown into a bigger DC fan than I recently was you can ask dom all the time i didn't want i <laughs> i don't watch dc movies that often i'm a fan but i don't watch them he says um, that he's a fan <laughs> <laughs> Look, i'll say this I, i'll say this i'm looking at my dvd section right here before you know pre-pandemic i did not have the batman trilogy i did not have wonder woman i did not have justice league i did not have birds of prey and i did not have suicide squad and mm. I have all those right now. You're talking about the Dark Knight trilogy? Yes. Dark Knight trilogy, okay. Mm. Look, look, I, I'm telling you. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not judging. I'm not judging. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to judge. And Dom's going to joke about this, but the reason I got them, yeah, yes, they were 
cheap as hell at Best Buy for oh, yeah. Blu-ray. Um, so I was like, hey, it's content that I like. It's content I want to get into. And I'm why sitting at home. Yeah, why not mm-hmm. pick it up? You know, why, you know, why can't I get – I got <laughs> I got Birds of Prey and Suicide Squad, a double-disc uh, DVD mm-hmm. box for like $8. God, I'm so okay. Much. Whoa. Okay. So, I was like, so much. Better. Like, yeah. Let me just pick that up right here. Like, <laughs> boom, I have it. Um, and and funny enough, I will say this to go into other nerd verses. Um, Dom and I, and I, I don't want you to forget this, Dom. We have a bet going on. Either. I, you, you're the biggest one to not forget or to forget. Um, That's true. Dom and I have a bet right now. Dom has never seen or he's seen a little bit of Star Wars, and. I have not seen any, I have not seen any Harry Potter. Hmm. Really, Dom? No Star Wars. No Star Wars, man. <laughs> What's going on? So Dom and I, Dom and I, uh, like they can't, the listeners can't see ago. it, but everyone's faces and this just like <laughs> a couple right. podcasts ago, Dom and I shook hands. Hey, my guys love like Don. Really. Dom and I made an agreement we shook hands on it that I will watch all the Harry Potter movies and he is going to watch all of the Star Wars movies um, and yes, I'm including. Yes, and I I know, I know. I know. Show him the first three, please. You guys need to do a live reaction when you're watching this. Just <laughs> look again back to what we were talking about earlier about the content. Here we go. Like okay, <laughs> exactly. So um, yeah, yes, it is kind of selfish for us to put out this content, but it's also like, look, Darren for the longest time. If he listens to this, Darren has always tried to get me to watch Harry Potter. I watched the first movie for an hour and 45 minutes and fell asleep. That is how... I can that, see that. that. No, like, the, the first movie <laughs> drug a little bit for me, but, like, once you get through it, it, mm-hmm. it it's like with it's Game so, of Thrones. It, so. it, it took, like, episode four, and then I was like, okay, finally, I'm getting into it. Mm-hmm. So, so, Dom and mm-hmm. I have that um, that going on, but... So, so and we literally said like we gave each other a year to do this, and so <laughs> I, I I joked about it, say like here we come the weekend of our bet ends, we're just gonna be like, okay, let's go on Wikipedia and find out what happened in this movie. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> we get pop quiz on it and look up the spark notes on our phone. Uh, yeah, that <laughs> but I uh, you know it, it it is again like Ken said, uh, double edged sword really for both Marvel and DC because. Mm-hmm. DC, DC can start theirs up and Marvel can die down and kind of rest a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, is there every- any worry though? Um, I know that when it comes to obscurity, Marvel knocked it out of the park with Guardians. Now, if, if mm-hmm. you're you know a basic fan, you had no idea what Guardians was until you saw the movie. Mm-hmm. I tried to read the comics and even as a comic book guy, I was just like, God, these are some of these are they're just uh, they're not hitting with me like Iron Man does or like X Men does. Mm. And a lot of people would say the read? same about Doom Patrol. Indeed, yeah, like uh, uh, yeah. Is it a worry that they've they've shot and hit this amazing, you know, out of the park home run with twenty three movies from Iron Man all the way to Far From Home, and and now we're leading into obscure storylines, obscure world, like Eternal, mm-hmm. Shang-Chi, mm-hmm. and all that. Like, I didn't read a lot of Shang-Chi or Eternals. Yeah, sure. And so is it is it a worry, you think, for a lot of Marvel fans? Kind of like, okay, a lot of this this territory we're going into now 
Mm-hmm. Movies are going to have to introduce and deliver at the same time. Yeah, I, I feel like we got spoiled by Marvel, um, and that was the reason why. But I feel like Eternals is like a gateway to the next step because that's how I look at Captain Marvel. That was like a gateway to get to Endgame. Like you know, I'm not a Captain Marvel fan. It was a great movie. I love it, but it's a, so Eternals is a gateway. If we get through that gateway to get to the X Men and oh. other ones, I think that's what's going on. You know, because I have no idea what Turner's was either. So I had to, had to do some research and yeah. had to look up the stuff too. I never heard obviously, we've got to get to, we've got to get through this gateway to get to the first family and the X Men and where yeah. everybody is dying for us to get to. We got to get there somehow. Well, but the one, the you one problem you're going, the one problem you're going to have with Eternals is it's. It's so obscure. It, it makes Guardians look like an X Men franchise. Like that—that's <laughs> wow. the one thing about it. Like they are a back idea from Jack Kirby mm-hmm. that when he came back from his little stint over at DC, where he wrote the New Gods, that's why he came back and did Eternals. Mm-hmm. But if you ever look through the lineage of their comic line, I don't think they've ever made it past fifty, seventy-five issues at a, at a time. Mm. Wow, and and the thing about it is, Marvel has been trying to force everybody to get into them a little bit here and there. Like they'll have spurts where I believe at one point they had Neil Gaiman write the series, mm. and he couldn't get them over. I'm very hesitant to think they're going to break through. But if you notice about the casting they're doing for this movie specifically, they are loading it up mm, yeah. with every single facet of the Marvel universe you could think of because they have. Uh, Jon Snow, uh, Kit Harington is playing Black Knight. Mm-hmm. He has ties to the Avengers. The character of Cersei has a tie to the Avengers. There is a tie to Thanos mm-hmm. in the Eternals. They're going to say the word mutant at some yeah. point in Eternals. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily going to be a home run franchise, and I don't think it is because they don't have the source material to back it up. Like we're Guardians they were smart because they took the latest run by Abnett and Lanning and ran with it. And that's mm. the one that got everybody over. Like if you depend on like which guardians you read, which volume, like the early stuff in the seventies and eighties is kind of weird. Nineties is good, but then it falls off because Jim Val- Valentino goes over to image mm-hmm. and they restart the whole franchise with Abnett and Lanning, but they had no like restrictions to do whatever they wanted. So that's why you see that team is more like the galactic Avengers at one point. Yeah. And then it rolls into what you see with the movie. So for Eternals, it's going to be the biggest gamble for Marvel. Like this could be the first big bomb they have. In all honesty, yeah. Shang Chi will work, but honestly, I'm surprised it's not a Disney Plus show because mm-hmm. it's so tied into Misty Knight and the Daughters of the Dragon mm-hmm. more so than being a standalone film. So, uh, with that being said, like I, I, Eternals is going to make or break with the next phase for Marvel. Well, and I think their, their big pitch is look at all the celebrities names yeah. that are in the cast from Joe Lee to Harrington who you just saw you love him as Jon Snow you're going to love him as the Black Knight and, and then there's the other guy from Game of Thrones who's in it as well so you've got them back together you've mm-hmm. got Joe Lee in it you've got um, just this host of names that when they when, when Feige brought them out even people who are like I don't give a crap about the Eternals look at everyone who's in this movie like mm-hmm. you're going to see it yeah. I, I'm looking at it as a little different, though. I, I think it's less of a gateway and more of the speed bump that they th- I think they wanted to hit. 
this mm-hmm. is going to be a piece of the story that they're sacrificing to not put into a bigger uh, movie, if you will. Yeah. And the reason mm-hmm. I say that is we kind of see where they're going. You know, when mm-hmm. you had the announcement of Kang coming in Ant-Man 3, okay, we see we're going Kang, which will then take us into the Fantastic Four eventually, mm-hmm. and Doctor Doom, which will then take mm-hmm. us to the Silver Surfer, which mm-hmm. will take you to Galactus, and yes. there's your next bad. There's your next 30 movies. Yes. So in between, we just want to introduce some other characters. As Ken said, we want to drop the name Mutants in there. Uh, I think you're going to see a bigger part of Mutants in, in the uh, multiverse, uh, the mm-hmm. Doctor Strange movie, mm-hmm. because I think we're because we've been promised a lot more of the Scarlet Witch. Yes, being the Scarlet Witch, even. And, mm-hmm. and therefore, they're, I think they're going to do a reverse House of M style movie where that's how you're really going to do. It. And that, that I'll mark for that. And I'm not saying that the Eternals might not be a good movie, but I feel like I, I feel like the Eternals and Shang-Chi are just there to be like, OK, we got over you know this, but we need a bump. We need something mm. in between because we're planning these next big steps. Yeah. And if you think about all the next big steps, they are still tied very much into the Avengers. Maybe mm-hmm. not the same group, but mm-hmm. most Marvel fans have already gone back and gone, okay, the movie I'm really waiting for is Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and Thor Love and Thunder. Because mm-hmm. we want to see those movies, especially yeah. now that we know, you know, Beta Ray Bill is going to be in Guardians Hell of the Galaxy yeah. Volume 3. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. It's called The Search for Gamora. We're good. We're <laughs> have We've been dying to see Beta Ray Bill for years. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, so there you go. Like, and I feel like that is, I feel like that's where they're ending up going. And I'm not saying that they're just throwing those movies away, but I think that they're emboldened because of Guardians and everything else is hit. Like mm-hmm. Ant-Man, even Ant-Man. I, I mean, I enjoy yeah. Ant-Man as a comic yeah. Like most people didn't know what Ant-Man was before. And it ended <laughs> up being one of their bigger family hits. Because yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's not just necessarily a comic book movie. It's only, you can watch it as a family movie. It's, mm-hmm. it's, what, it's, it's kind of like what DC did with Shazam, which I thought they did a very good job with, making a family mm-hmm. movie. Agreed. Uh, how that's going to tie in with The Rock and Black Adam, we'll find uh, out. We'll, we'll, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, but you know right now though and i uh, me and ken had talked about this coming out of uh in between fandom night ones and two it, it comes down to this i think that it was calculated by dc i think that fandom night one was a, a, a calculated strike they did something mm-hmm. that marvel usually does and that's blow up everything and then they did the mic drop with the 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 batman trailer mm-hmm. and everybody was questioning there's a good portion of the audience questioning whether robert Pattinson could be batman I don't think anybody has that question anymore. I don't think nope. anybody has a question if he can be Bruce Wayne anymore. I don't think anybody mm-hmm. has a question about if this movie is going to draw because we know this movie is going to draw huge. Yeah. But but I, I I told Ken is what I think they did is they I think they thought that Marvel was going to drop an Eternals or the WandaVision or some one of the shows at the time. We didn't mm-hmm. know, but it ended up being WandaVision uh, before night two. And I think what they were trying to do is like, listen, we're not going to steal our thunder. We're going to still tell our comic book line uh, stuff on this mm-hmm. night too. So that kind of scared them off because they're like, if they held that, what did they hold out? And I mm-hmm. told Ken, if I was them, I would have done the Marvel move. I would have yep. baited them out. I would have had them drop the trailer to try to steal the thunder. And then night two, I would have dropped that, the Batman trailer. And that would have been it. And then mm-hmm. you go, oh yeah. Cause think about it. Even if you come with the nicest looking Eternals uh, yeah. trailer of all time, People are going to watch that Batman trailer. Yeah. They're going to hear Nirvana something in the way, and they're going to go, I don't care about the Eternals. What, Eternals what? Who cares about that? <laughs> it's all about yeah. Batman. Batman's the number one draw. But I think DC did it smart because I think the winner, when going back to the previous thing real quick, I think the biggest winner during everything being down in content was comic books. 
Because mm. a lot of people had time to actually dive into comic books or graphic novels are full, you know, you know, and people mm. did because you had this extra time on your hands and you're like, okay, I saw the movies. Now let's see the backstory. And mm. I, I talked to a lot more people who never lived, uh, never read a comic that all of a sudden wanted to talk comic books with me. Mm. And it wasn't the movie stuff. I knew they were pulling them straight from the comics. I'm like, Oh wow, this is great. And that's why a lot of the independent stuff, especially because of, the Umbrella Academy being on Netflix or the boys. Yeah. That stuff's mm-hmm. getting looked at now in the comics. Yeah. I, I have some people that come up to me all the time. And they're like, hey, I, I'm reading the boys' comic book now. And I'm like, okay, that's a weird choice for you mm-hmm. because I never saw it. You know, you never showed any interest, but you like yep. the show so much and you yep. have the time. And it's it's a it's a wonderful thing to actually see. And I, 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 I'm, I'm looking at the, that's the positives and negatives. I think Marvel could t- stand taking a little bit of a backseat for a minute. I think that's a good reset. I think that's what they're kind of in their plans. Because like I said, after after the Eternals, after Shang-Chi, everything mm-hmm. else is, with the exception of Blade, which is really a nostalgia feel, re, mm-hmm. you know, revitalizing that, everything else is going back to what we know and introducing yeah. characters for the next round. So they're just doing the same mm-hmm. thing, and I'm not upset about that. No. But it happens. Yeah, exactly. I know um, I had a couple of friends of mine hit me up about what's the Umbrella Academy, Dre? And they went back and watched the first season and caught up with it. And like I said, DC hold us down a lot too with Harley Quinn. They had DC, Harley Quinn, Doom Patrol, all that show. All those shows hold us down during the situation. And also, um, I had um, and also un- unrelated comic book wise, I was actually able to catch up with Jack Ryder. <laughs> so you know, no, no, Jack, Jack Ryan, Jack Ryan, Jack Ryan. Sorry, Jack Ryan. Um, so I was able to catch up with that. But yeah, so DC calculated it. They did it well. Marvel, like I said, we will spoil you. We've been spoiled, so we gotta like. And then now we're gonna appreciate one division more so now because we haven't had any Marvel stuff in a minute. So you know, it was smart moves on both ends. I yeah. think. I think too. Um, it, when, when you see, I, I guess you can kind of accumulate the past two weeks. We've got the cast uh, or we got the 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 actress playing she-hulk that mm-hmm. blew up mm-hmm. we got the trailer of wandavision that blew up mm-hmm. we got more information on um ant-man 3 we got kang that blew up huge so i think marvel's situation that they're in now is you know and i've i've said it before it is okay to be fans of both oh, I don't yeah. yeah i hate exactly. i hate this dc versus marvel crap like yeah let them be in existent in the same universe. Like, mm-hmm. like let us like, you know, iron sharpens iron. I say it all the time, literally like DC, when they drop fandom, I guarantee you, Kevin Feige and Marvel was like, you know, mm-hmm. round of applause. That's Hey, y'all did yeah. you now mm-hmm. let us, let us do what we're going to do. And what mm-hmm. Marvel did was they're not going to sit here and they're not going to drop nukes after nukes on us. They're going to sit here and they're going to sprinkle a little bit of stuff here and there. Hey, we're gonna drop who She-Hulk is, which, which by the way, is not coming out for another year and a half. Yeah, right. We're gonna drop Kang, who, oh, by the way, Ant-Man three is not coming out until 2022. Mm-hmm. But Kang is here. Yeah. He, we know the we know the actor. And mm-hmm. If you haven't seen it, uh, Lovecraft Country is. Oh, yeah. Oh yes. gosh. Yes. Every episode. Every episode is like a different situation. I'm and like, it's a wild ass. Wow. Oh word. my god. It is the last insane. episode was insane. Good, oh, <laughs> and the uh, actress, uh, Blink, she's John. Blink. Yeah, Blink. Yes. yeah. I was like, why does she look so familiar when Blink. I was first watching it? 
And so I like looked her up. I was like, that's Blink from The Gifted. Yeah. So, she's so, uh, I, she did she's a, also uh, in Friday Night Lights, the TV show. Right. 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 So she and she did a phenomenal job mm-hmm. in that last episode. But and he's going to be a fantastic king. He, he's, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, I'm super excited oh, yeah. about this. In the home, what JT said, we also got it was saw pictures of of Falcon Falcon with the Soldier being in production again. That was a big hit. Like everybody was like, "Oh my God, get back!" So that right there, Marvel's doing their thing little by little. Anything, mm-hmm. anything that you see Marvel related now that you say, "Hey, we got a leak of this," it's not a leak. They're doing this. They know what they're, they're doing. <laughs> exactly. they, do yeah. they know what they're doing. If 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 fandom didn't happen, yes, I would believe it was a leak and someone happened to see the pictures. But I, now anything that happens otherwise, like someone came out and said uh, there's a rumor and it was a leak that uh, they have found the actress to play Miss Marvel. That's not a leak. I, that's I, I I think that they put that name out there. Um, for was it we got this covered? <laughs> but um no i i um yeah, I, I, I think one negative though i will say the one negative that marvel has didn't really have a choice to do was and, and i'm not saying this is a bad negative i'm just saying like they had to do it was new mutants and <laughs> we okay eca we did our review of it we went and saw it all together on premiere night we all came back to my house did a review on it uh, made a video and everything, and we gave it a six point five out of ten. And yeah, I changed that. Listen, um, <laughs> we have since we have since died down from the hype of no Marvel content in over a year. Movies theaters are back open. Um, we all got to go to the theater. We got to eat popcorn. We we got to see a Marvel movie. Like oh my god, like yeah. Uh, now our you know everything's starting to die down a little bit. You know so. Marvel didn't necessarily capitalize on the hype of New Mutants, mm-hmm. but what they did was they definitely wanted to just like get that over with. Like they were just like, "Hey, we there you go, have at it. Let's see how that does." Because the whole you know the whole situation was Disney Plus or no, uh, video on demand mm-hmm. or no. But then it came out that they couldn't put it on the streaming platforms because in the contract it says we have to have it out on theaters before we drop it anywhere else so i will say it did catch a little bit of you know the excitement i guess you can call it of you know new marvel content because it has reached over like its capacity of money that it's made um but i don't think anybody is like giving it an a plus i mean highest rated that i saw was like i think a seven out of ten and that was someone who was like really giddy about the the X Men franchise and about this movie and stuff. But again, we even changed ours after maybe a month of after seeing it. So, it is it a decent movie? Yeah, but is it a movie that I'm gonna like sit here and rave about? No, I mean I honestly have forgotten about it. So it has to be better than Dark honestly, Prince. yeah. I like I even uh, like second. I saw it the second time, but I saw it. Yes, JT, I saw it on bootleg. But um, (laughs) it it deserves to be shown on the bootleg because that movie is now in my book. The movie is now a four in my book. And like the way way they did Majik in that movie, it was just, y'all, y'all really have to make her into a racist. 
Uh, but then she had growth throughout the movie, but then, yeah. I'm just jealous that you guys get to have open theaters because we Same. still don't have those. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. I'm, 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 I'm finally going to probably see Tenet this week because I'm going out of town. And when I'm going to, let's say I'm going to, I think the date is open. So I'm going to see Tenet finally oh, this man. weekend. Mm. Well, I'll, I'll let you know this. Uh, Dom and I were the only ones in the theater that were wearing our masks. So. Yeah, <laughs> we praise oh, for it. Uh, the 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 when we bought our our tickets, it was two, then a space, two, then a space, you know, etc. It didn't go like that. People sat in their own in different seats. People, you know, because here in Memphis we have the reclining seats where mm. we get to press mm. the button, recline back. Yeah, and stuff. We got those. And so we were all kind of like. Uh, hey, you're supposed to be like a seat over. Why aren't you like? Because we all feel like all five of us feel comfortable around each other to know like, hey, we're good. Like, like I consider them, you know, family. And so it's like, hey, they're good. But other people, like I remember, Christian was sitting to the to the left of me, and the person was literally like right next to him, and he was like, hey, can y'all scoot down for a minute? Like, I don't, like I don't want to sit next to this person that I don't know. And I was like, yikes. That's why I'm gonna hold off from going to the movie theater for a couple of months now until everything starts, you know, dying back down. Or I just sit far away from everybody. But when we went, it was like nobody was like trying to follow social distance rules. So yeah, I'm gonna hold off for that. So speaking of uh, streaming and stuff, what what you know the stream wars are always constantly going on. Uh, what, what, uh, besides, obviously I know you've got to be watching the boys because it's freaking of course. Yes. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what else? I, I saw for the first time, I hadn't watched it yet. Yesterday I watched the newest, uh, justice league, dark animated movie. Apocalypse. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. That was that was all that. He's a brutal thing. Yeah, I have ever seen mm-hmm. an intense. I mean, I don't want to spoil too much, but ten minutes in, I'm name <laughs> names. Some of these heroes are getting eviscerated. Mm-hmm. These big na- and you're just like, mm-hmm. what is going on? I mean, it is mm-hmm. brutal. The most brutal thing that they have done in DC animated, and mm-hmm. I can't recommend it enough. Though it is on uh, <laughs> DC Universe. Mm-hmm. Or HBO. for a couple more days. One yeah, of them. yeah, for a couple more days. Um, It'll be on HBO Max. Keep your eyes open. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'll be on HBO Max. Yeah. I actually, uh, I recently—well, I won't say recently because it happened like a month or two ago—I got back into the Harry Potter franchise. So I watched all the Harry Potter movies that was on HBO Max, mm-hmm. and that's just like you know reawakened my love for Harry Potter because I fell up on the movies mm-hmm. uh, like I think it was after the third or fourth movie I like fell off and then uh, another good friend of mine mm-hmm. um, her name is Jania Stewart she does a uh, Harry Potter podcast called House of Black and mm-hmm. uh, she talks everything Harry Potter and when I first started listening to her podcast I was like huh Maybe I should go watch the movies again and see what happens. So the first time mm-hmm. I watched, I think I watched like the first four movies in like one night. And then mm-hmm. I finished it up that next day, uh, watching the next four movies after that. 
Mm. Uh, that's why I've been watching and quarantining. And then I also watched. Uh, what else did I watch? I watched uh, Beyonce's new music film on Disney Plus, uh, Blackest mm. King. Blackest so that King. was really cool. Okay. Bunch of other stuff too that I've been watching. I can't remember exactly what, but yeah, I just kind of been when we were locked up mm-hmm. at home. I was working from home. I was just like, let's let's see what's on Disney Plus or Netflix at this point. Yeah, and I, and I watched a lot. Of, uh, I watched a lot of Friends too because that was on TBS all throughout the day. So I was like watching that while I was doing my work from home. Mm-hmm. I tell you, the stream services are, are up there in the winning category. Yeah, pandemic. They have. I mean, I just recently did a third installment of the Stream Wars episode, and the numbers that have grown just since January of this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the pandemic. I'm like, good lord. (laughs) Like, yeah. To the point where, like, I wish I had stock in Netflix right now. Oh yeah, yeah. for real. Yes, yes. I I know with me, I've been watching um. I know a lot of movies. I saw Man of Tomorrow that was pretty decent. Um, Man of, but I feel like it's one. It's to me, Percy's a one-time watch, and you're good. That's my opinion. <laughs> um, and you know, it can can tell you I'm I'm freaking out about all the Mighty Duck stuff coming on Disney Plus. I watched yeah. so far. Um, it's been watching. Um, man, and I and I'm a dumb. I feel like. The Harry Potter stuff is like the new Jaws. It's on every time you turn the TV on. It's on TV all the time. Is, yeah. Um, it's like I said, I watched, like I said, Jack Ryan. Um, watched that. Umbrella Academy. Boys. Um, I've been, I've been watching some of the old um, Marvel cartoons as well on Disney oh, yeah. Plus as well. And I, I like the, the Muppets Now show. I watched that. You know, and I watched the, uh, the old Muppets show. <laughs> that the one that, you know. So it, yeah, the stream. I've been watching here and there. I'm watching um Rat, Nurse Ratchet now, which is mm. pretty good, pretty cool. Oh, is that the one with uh, Sarah yeah. Paulson? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. Uh, the <laughs> series to One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Basically. Yeah, 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 exactly. Which I is think cool. The, I think the one thing that I, I, for me, I, I usually watch my movies and stuff on DVD. So like my girlfriend and I. Um, we watched the entire uh, X-Men uh, franchise, which is I, – I, I need to apologize to her because that is confusing as all get out. <laughs> we, watched, uh, we watched the entire Star Wars uh, franchise. Um, I mean, we, we've watched all the scary movie that, that franchise. Yeah, I mean, we, we've watched all these franchises. But um, the, one, the one show that I kicked off – I well, I say kick off the pandemic – was um, – Tiger King. Dom and I, Dom and I would text each other back and forth and be like, yo, did you just see that happen? Like, uh, what is going on? And then of course, dancing with stars had to, uh, oh, had God. to jump on that, that slowly <laughs> climbing, uh, hype train of Carol Baskins. Um, so that that was one thing. The last dance I, I, I as a huge basketball fan, I watched that. Yeah. I watched that. Pretty much all the time, really. Whenever oh, so it's on, it did win an Emmy this past weekend. So yeah, as, it, as it should, and the Mandalorian too. Yeah, yeah. A couple. I've, of I've, them. I've watched that. I've watched a couple. Of, I'm getting ready for season two, so I'm starting oh, yeah. to starting to get back into it. Um, obviously the boys. Um, and then you know we've done our uh, recap and review of uh, Agents of Shield uh, season mm-hmm. seven. So I think mm-hmm. that was one of the biggest uh, hits in Marvel too. 
Yeah, it hold us down. That hold us down a lot for weeks. Yeah, yeah it, it, was, it, was. Uh, it was a good finale. Um, was that the sword base yep. at the end? I, I want to say yes. Yeah, that's what we think. So, <laughs> like, like they're arriving to where Fury's at at the sword base. So, do you see them coming into well universe? Any? If we look at the pictures of, I want to say falcon and winter soldier or maybe it's wandavision i can't remember what uh images i saw but one of the tv shows that is coming out the disney plus shows um has a guard standing there um full you know fully uh dressed and everything and on the right uh or on yeah on the the shoulder patch a logo of sword and then on the back wall on the um the decal on the uh door it says you know swrd and it, mm. it kind of has the sword symbol, and so everybody's like, mm. "Hey, wait, we, <laughs> that's what that's what's." Mm. Uh, I think it was one division. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. I, you, I have you bring a, Coulson back. I would love to see him come back in the universe. I, I have, you know, when Endgame came out, we watched it. I watched it, you know, a billion times. Mm. Um, my biggest thing is, I wish now if I could rewrite that Tony Stark death scene or the funeral scene the biggest thing I would have done was have Coulson walk out with Fury. Um, mm. That would have been really cool. That would have been mm-hmm. cool. But then I think someone brought it to my attention that no one, literally everyone besides Fury thinks that he's dead. So mm-hmm. how would that work? I don't know, but you know, Marvel, they can literally, they'll throw something out and have it mm-hmm. in service and nobody will be like, Hey, wait a minute. How did that? So, <laughs> That's how well, there I was. Uh, there was an early episode of Agents of Shield where he ran into Lady Sif. Yeah, yeah. Said, yep. Don't tell Thor I'm alive. I'd like to be the one to tell him. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, oh, has he told him yet? But I mean, yeah. It. I. I don't know. I wish. I wish they could uh, bring him back. Um, but I. Hey, I think. After watching WandaVision multiple times, the the trailer, um, I do think that when we see Monica Rambeau fly through the uh, multiverses, I want to say that she landed in a sword-based kind of uh, facility, and mm-hmm. those people that are behind her in like the kind of faded out black area that are those are sword, um, you know, kind of people. Uh, I know there was an image that was taken because, um, you know, people go through these trailers and they literally stop, you know, stop it, stop it, stop it. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an image that was rendered to the, like, HD, and it had Darcy Lewis in the very back working for whoever, um, and had her little image, like, her little picture in the box saying, like, she's working for this company that found Monica. So, mm-hmm. so you know, little East, Easter wow. egg. Dre, I know you tagged us in that one thing on Twitter, and Honestly, I don't know. I feel like Marvel was just putting that out there to like tease us, but also mm-hmm. they could very well be like, "Oh no, it's just a painting." Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I'm just like, I, I don't know. Yeah, you know, it, but it's also Marvel, so we can't really say eh, they got or they got you know alternative motives, and they know what they're doing. So, only time will tell if that actually gonna play out, uh, plays out. You mm-hmm. know. I'll right. laugh hysterically if it's the scrolls from uh, Scroll K- Kill Crew. 
<laughs> I will laugh hysterically if that is. I mean, if you're gonna bring bring them into a show, Wandavision would be. Well, like if if you know the whole story about like how the scrolls turn into cows, mm-hmm. and it's like it's one of those like really bad '70s moments. I believe that's when it was, or '60s. They're like, okay, well, we have scrolls. Well, let's just hypnotize them and turn them into cows, and then they get processed. And then Grant Morrison, of all people, comes up with this idea. Well, they're gonna be burgers, so people that eat them are now like once a shield agent. So now they can see scrolls and how they've been doing secret invasion for five years. <laughs> it's like this nineties, absolutely insane book called scroll kill crew. And wow. it's one of his early stuff. And I'm like, the minute I saw that, I'm like, Oh my God, if they're even going to attempt doing this, because it's scrolls. <laughs> like it's like Wanda, like Wanda was the one who hypnotized them and yeah. had the painting. And she's like, it's remembering like she did this and she's going to try like reversing everything. Like that was the first thing I thought. And then I was like, Oh wait, Bova. Well, that would make sense too. Yeah. You know, I really want the show to explain like how did Wanda Powers grow to the point where she could just warp reality at the palm of her hands. Like for all we know right now, all that she can do is just she's basically a telekinetic uh right now from, from when we last saw her. And now we see her like she could change things at will, like, you know, when she uh First thing that she probably did in the sh- in the trailer was uh, change uh, visions uh, face to his uh, human face. So I was like, okay, how is she doing that? How is she able to do that? Like, did she just read, you know, spell book and then she learned the spells? Or I just want to see how her powers have mm-hmm. grown throughout this time uh, to the point where we get uh, the Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, how that how that uh, how that storyline will go and then how vision will play into all of this because when he touched uh the witch's head, who I think is actually Agatha Harkness. Yeah. Agatha yeah. Harkness is that's basically Wanda's mentor turned like Wanda's arch nemesis in a way. Uh, when uh we asked her, you know, uh are you no, she asked him, you know, uh, am I dead? And he's like, no, why would you think that? And then she's like, because you are. And so now that gets me thinking, like, okay, now how is the vision going to react to all of this? Mm-hmm. Is he really dead? Or did he actually come back to life and he's just in another universe? So I want to see how both of those things kind of play out mm-hmm. in the show. Mm-hmm. Two of the things I'm really looking forward to. Do you use this? As an opportunity to resurrect them, do you know if Bettany's wanting to continue after this? Do Do we know anything about his his contract? Is he hmm. going? I past don't this? know. I feel well. like he might go past it. Maybe for like maybe a couple more movies. I want to say. Um, you know, it's really hard to tell. But then, like, they're they're two big characters and the uh, MCU right now, and they're two big characters in Marvel in general. Mm. Um, so he might he might go on for a little bit longer, and then we, we know for sure Wanda is going to go on because she's going to be in Doctor Strange too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and what, you know, what? who knows, she might even have a bigger role after mm-hmm. uh, Doctor Strange too. So it just all depends. Like, we just have to wait and see what happens with that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Before we we 
close, I want to shift to a whole different universe, the wrestling world. I know that mm. just, uh, yes, Rich, you finally get to, we're going to talk about the wrestling world. I know you don't do it enough. Um, <laughs> oh. Yeah, I hear Rich don't talk much about wrestling, man. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, just some, just some, some thoughts on some points. Uh, where are we sitting uh, Mentality-wise in AEW, do we like where our champs are at? Who do we hate? Who do we like? Uh, that stuff. Are Jericho and Dustin Rhodes the most timeless wrestlers ever? I mean, <laughs> especially Dustin. Good Lord. I mean, I was five years ago that he was ready to retire, but he's still delivering. Oh, I, I think Dustin's doing great. Uh, as of late, I don't know about Jericho. I mean, his star power is what it is, but I feel yeah. like he's coasting. Mm. I feel like there's some keys to that. Uh, uh, my biggest takeaway from that is, like, the fact that he loves when people sing his music. Uh, that was something that years ago Jericho would have cut promos on and nipped it in the bud, but now he smiles and then tries to cut heel promos <laughs> after. So, I don't know. As far as the in-ring product, it's a great in-ring product. Mm. I, 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 I've enjoyed what I have saw in-ring. Some of the stories, ugh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not on board with some of the stuff uh, they're doing story-wise because there, there really is none. They're going by the super indie mentality, uh, and I, mm. I think that they need to bring everything in one house. I understand that these guys have created uh, 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 their own empire, if you will, and mm. going out and doing like the being the elite and everything. But when you're getting part of the story on being the elite and part of the story on television and part of the story on dark and part of the story here, it's like you have to bring everything under house. Fans don't have that kind of, you know, some people don't don't want to go to five different locations and the numbers don't support it. Because if you look at the being the elite channel, I've said this before, just raw numbers. There's only 250,000 subscribers there. They're, most of their videos mm -hmm. get under 100,000 views. And I'm, mm -hmm. not, I'm not trying to judge them and say they're not popular, but if you're doing storyline stuff there, not how much of your audience is seeing that it's not very mm -hmm. much. And, and, you know, especially if you're drawing 800,000 a week, so they need to kind of streamline some of that stuff, maybe showcase mm -hmm. it a little bit here and there, make it must watch. Uh, as far as, like I said, I think uh, the, the, the joke that I can go with, and I'm going to go with their own, like I'm a casual wrestling fan. If anything I mark out for, if anybody listens, is new Japan pro wrestling. I'm a big new Japan pro wrestling mm -hmm. fan. Uh, but outside of that, you know, I'll watch and criticize and, you know, I spent some time in the business, so I understand it. And these, the one thing that I, I will say is they need to get one leader, you know, for better or for worse, WWE has the leader. I mean, and, and let's be honest, uh, it, sometimes it's for worse, including right now, and that's Vince McMahon. I mean, yes, yeah. he has his yes men like Kevin Dunn and everybody around him, mm -hmm. but it's, uh. it's Vince at the end of the day, the buck stops there. Unless you're talking NXT, and then they have their own leader. They have Triple H, and mm -hmm. that's why it's a slightly better product, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Uh, but in AEW, they don't have that one guy, and it feels like there's too many chefs. And then that's what's leading the fans to go, hey, why are they putting belts on all the former WWE guys? It's like, hey, if you come here for WWE, we'll give you a run. You know, none of their champions have been homegrown talent. I don't understand why. I don't understand why your TNT champion is an MJF who is the best mouthpiece in the business. Oh, my like, God. He should, I, I mean, I don't. I don't think he should be the world champion yet because the kid is still 23, 24 years old, but he should definitely be TNT champion Agreed. and let him run his mouth and do what he does. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I would have put the belt on Brian Cage probably because Moxley mm -hmm. is a failed champion. He was a failed champion in WWE. He's a mm -hmm. failed champion in, 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 in uh, 
AEW and they can make the excuse of the uh, pandemic and stuff. Just nobody cares. Mm. You know, nobody cares. The biggest star in your company is Cody Rhodes. Like the fans have an attachment to Cody Rhodes and you took him out of the, the equation. I understand that he didn't want to be over and stuff, but you know, like he didn't want to like say, Oh, I'm the boss. So I'm putting myself over, but mm. come on, man, go with the fans want it. Let them have it. Yeah. And I, I feel like you took that off the table too soon. And of course, Kenny Omega, man, Oh my you God. have you have pound for pound the best wrestler in the world, or what was known as the best wrestler in the world, and for almost two years you've you've done nothing with him, and uh, I, I really feel I, I feel like there's those are the mistakes. But like I said, inside the ropes, they're putting on a hell of a show. Absolutely, uh, don't listen to the commentary because it's bad. Oh my God, uh, Jr. <laughs> I, 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 I will say it's right atrocious. Now, I, I say it all the time. I say that Jr. has become the John Madden. Of, uh, oh, no. of, of of wrestling because if you guys remember mind you the raiders fan is saying this john yeah. madden towards the end of his commentating career mm-hmm. would say things such gems like whatever team scores the most points is gonna win the game today really, john? <laughs> that's how we play the sport but uh you know that's that's, that's a guy JR that... is. yeah that's what jr's doing and hence why Absolutely. when he just got in trouble for his comment about wardrobe malfunction i don't think he would thought anything of it because he he just wasn't he's just he's, he's working for the old jerry lawler playbook yeah, it felt like, like, like um, it felt like Jr. You know, back when Jr. was hot, yo, mm-hmm. he used to hype and yell, "Oh my god, oh my god, a stoko!" He used to get you hyped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't oh, know he's right now. <laughs> he's the voice of my wrestling generation. I like, agree. Honestly, I tell people that all the time, and I'm like, I'm not crapping on him to crap on him because he's the voice of like he will always yeah. be my wrestling generation's voice. Yeah. he really yeah. will. Yeah. But it, you know, it just like uh, like the two things that I've always said that most people don't understand is I grew up here in the Northeast. I'm I'm I grew up a WWE fan. Uh, when I was a kid, yep. uh, we, we had W. Well, you know, Dre. I mean, it even had the Twitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. WWF is a Northeast territory. Yeah. So when yes. when even in Binghamton, which is upstate New York, that's where I'm from. They used to come six times a year when I was younger. Yeah. So you see them all the time, and then there was four times a year. And now it's hardly mm-hmm. at all. But like whatever. once. You know, it, it's the house show. <laughs> they want to go to the garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, they don't even go to the garden anymore. They go, mm-hmm. you know, they go over Barclays now. But I, I just put, you know, it's it's one of those things that, you know, you had Howard Finkel and the Ann New, which is caught on, you know, rest his soul. But, I mean, think about that. He was the person who made Ann New popular. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then you had J- Jim Ross later on. And those were the two voices that you always remember in wrestling as far mm-hmm. as somebody from the Northeast in particular and, uh, you know, other people as well. Yep. And uh, it's just sad that he's going down that way. But I think AEW is doing in the right direction for the most part. I think they just need a leader who steps up and says, this is the vision. This is what we're going to achieve. And this is how we're going to do it. I think they need to start putting some championships on some homegrown talent because mm-hmm. I think that's where their fan base, the diehard fan base is really mm-hmm. upset with them is they're not putting championships on that hardcore fan base mm-hmm. and and they just keep doing what you're doing in between the ropes i mean uh, who would have thought somebody like orange cassidy was going to get over oh my uh, gosh I, I i enjoy i enjoy it but who would have thought it and <laughs> I, 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 who's not over with me and that's sammy Oh, him and his Rivera. I'll tell you this: with the when he came out with those comments about Sasha Banks, nope. And and, yeah. and and I'll tell you this: I'll tell you this too. With that being said, I personally, if I was a booker or if I was, you know, in charge of AEW or whatever wrestling promotion, you know, you're not. You mm-hmm. don't. Not in this. Not in this. You know, time of, of the world. You do not say that. This, like this is the sad part, and I, I will say this to, to that. This is the sad part. They are the only company, and I'm not trying to be an ass about it, who hasn't punished anybody who is caught up with anything. 
Mm. Uh, Justin Roberts had a bunch of sexual allegations against him. Uh, Sammy Guevara had that issue, and he got he's mm. the only one that got punished at all. He was suspended. Mm. Uh, there is an unnamed WWE performer in 2013 who sexually assaulted a uh, pro wrestler. Now she wouldn't give up the name, but when asked by a fan, if that person's still in the business, she said, yes, you can watch him every Wednesday night on TNT. So Ooh. doing your math, the only person it really could be is Chris Jericho because he was the only one that was buried and cheating on his wife in 2013. He was a big yeah. name around here in, during the Smoky Mountain wrestling era mm-hmm. when he was really young. And, he, mm-hmm. you know, he got his upstart and he was touring around the Tennessee area with Smoky Mountain wrestling. That sto- those stories follow him. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. and it, oh, yeah. eventually you're just kind of like, okay, a thousand people can't be lying. And then, and then Excalibur. Of course, most recently, the uh, the old footage of Excalibur. And I, I, I chuckled at that one personally only because I was like, well, I've watched a lot of pro wrestling gorilla and I love PWG, but they've had some uh, pretty offlandish uh, commentating over the years. So mm. that wasn't even the worst thing I've heard Excalibur say. And it's not even the worst thing I've heard other people who are also on, you know, different companies say <laughs> on their commentary, which is not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying that. You know, if you're the progressive company that you put out there to be, why was there no punishments? I will, I will praise Impact. Impact fired everybody who was accused. Uh, WWE, I, I will give them this. They got rid of anybody whose the allegations were proven against. Yes. I think they learned from the Enzo mistake, where yeah. they basically the allegations came, they fired Enzo, and then it was, it was false, and they lost a ton of money. So I feel like what they yeah. were doing then is going, okay, we'll make sure the allegations are there or not there. And, and a good forward. guy on the mic. They lost a good yeah. mic piece. Well, he's a money maker. That's what oh, I'm saying. Gosh. They lost a lot of money because he's, he was selling merchandise. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was bringing people in the door with his mouth. Other wrestlers didn't like him, but who cares? You know, if you're mm-hmm. making money, nobody cares. And uh, so when you, when you add those things up, that's the, only, that's the only judgment I have backstage about them. And then the whole Tony Khan lying about the matt hardy concussion situation yeah like, where does I, it yeah. hurt yeah that that i i want i saw that and i was i was really confused why the match didn't so I, look i understand that when you're a re, like when you're a professional re, wrestler you want the, like if you're you can continue the 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 say you know dom and i know a you know a guy who who works in the indie scenes uh D- dustin star um mm-hmm. he, he does a lot of uh wrestling here uh in memphis and I was talking to him and I was like, what are your thoughts on this? Like what, it, as a, someone who wrestles almost every Saturday, what do you think about it? And he said, honestly, I want to stop it in and there. He was like, I don't care if, if the match continues per se, but he was like that, like you saw him go limp and then you saw him drag, like Sammy literally dra- drug his body huh? to stand up yeah. like that. At what point do you say like, okay, this is a real life man who, whose health is in, you know, in jeopardy. This, how you know Matt Hardy is what? How old is he? Uh, I do believe he's in his late forties. Yeah, late yeah. 40s. 46, 47. Yeah, I mean, like how much time does he have left? You know, he has a wife, he has kids. Like the man should have not done that. And that that kind of AEW is one of those where it's like, if you are, you know, I, I'll say this. Yeah, I'm JT. He's forty six. Forty six. Okay. So, yeah. like, I'll say this. I don't watch AEW just because that's what that's the nights that we were cool. But I catch up with it on social media, and, mm-hmm. and you know, I'll see tweets and stuff about it. But, like, some of the things that I hear about it is, like, if you're a fan of AEW, you are either, like, you either want things to go off the books and you kind of mm-hmm. want, like, 
you kind of want things to go a little rugged and that's the style of wrestling that you like because mm-hmm. WWE kind of went away from that when they went, you know, out of the attitude era and stuff. Yeah. And, and, you know, like with AEW, you know, with suspending Sammy, it's like, you know, Oh, he's a great, he's a great talent. He needs to be back in the, in the books and people are, you know, Oh yeah, you're right. He does need to be back. Oh, let's bring him back. Well, he just said this about someone who is very popular in the, you know, in the world, not even the wrestling world, but in the, you know, just the as a celebrity, like Sasha Banks mm-hmm. is huge now. She's in the Mandalorian too, for God's sake. Oh sakes. my God! Like, mm-hmm. I mean, she's huge. So why would you, you know, he he should have been fired. Um, mm-hmm. Then on top of that, right after all this happens, he throws a chair at Matt Hardy, busts open his head, like, you know, in real life, and then he dropped off of a, you know, um, a machine and machine, yeah. yeah, and basically just cracks his head. Like, I mean. Watching that over and over again on replay, that was like I, like I cringed every time. Well, the so first a, part of it. Oh, sorry, so question, question. AEW. So what is kind of similar to ECW ish or WCW ish? They're they're trying w- to be they're they're trying to be WCW three point mm-hmm. oh. Okay. Mixing they're mixing in a little bit of that ECW attitude era stuff. Okay. The problem is Tony Khan is is what we what I, I would go back to saying by Booker days. It's one of the business you call a money mark. Uh, and okay. for the longest time, what you do is you find somebody with the money and they put on the show. And uh, mm-hmm. wrestlers, wrestling's very carny, and okay. it's a, it's a lot of carnival atmosphere. But uh, uh, with the with him, he doesn't know how to talk to public. It's like you look at like Triple H when he addresses media calls for NXT, and it's mm-hmm. very professional. He's Triple H. It's professional. You mm-hmm. look at Tony Khan in the media scrum, and he's like, um, uh, well, the chair was gimmick. They've used the chair being gimmick three times now. Yeah, there's no such thing as a gimmick steel chair, folks. I mean, all my time in the wrestling business, I've never seen one, so it doesn't exist. And I, I made the joke before anything happened to Ken when we were doing the live bit on Twitch during All Out. I was like, I bet you he's going to say the floor is gimmicked. No, he did a step worse. He said that he had to have a concussion when his wife's on social media saying he has one. And you could tell just by looking at the man. And, mm. pro- and as putting on the hat of being a former booker in the wrestling business, being a former person who was in charge of that, at some point in juncture, it is your job to protect the, your, your performers. You are the boss. You are in charge. And even if they say that I can go, I'm good. They're going to tell you that it's your time to reel them in and say, you know what? You're not going to go. You're done. I'm pulling the plug. And that's what should have happened in that match. And there's, and you know, I get it. They wanted to say, oh, there's a stipulation. You know what the workaround for stipulations and wrestlings are? Come on. How many times has Ric Flair been retired? Does anybody yeah. kept count? How, <laughs> yeah. how many times? I mean, John Cena got fired for losing the belt to CM Punk and was rehired the next night. Mm-hmm. Like, like it doesn't it doesn't it's, it's a story guys yeah. nobody cares it's pro wrestling and I, I just thought that that was very in bad taste and i left a bad taste in my mouth as far as the management there mm-hmm. like i said they're up and coming if they can get some stuff in order they need somebody to run that company mm-hmm. on the other hand the things you got wwe who is just still out of touch with everything uh I, I, for, a, for a while i was enjoying watching monday night raw i'm not gonna lie there was a good point of uh yeah i'm in and out of it pandemic. too I'm yeah, back and forth yeah. with it too, yeah. Yeah, but SmackDown I'm definitely totally on it now that uh, Roman's back. <laughs> Roman's good now. Roman's like you... the best part of it. <laughs> the problem is, is what that what we're seeing with Roman and Heyman five years ago, or when the Shield first split. Uh, one of my friends asked me, well, "What do you do with each individual?" I said, "Well, number one, what I do is I give." Roman to Heyman 
create the Roman Empire. Run in, <clears throat> don't say a word, spear <clears throat> somebody, leave. <clears throat> now I'm like, that's too late, man. I mean, I wanted this five, six years ago. Well, well the bad mm-hmm. part is like when you were talking about making money, that's that's the mm-hmm. difference. Like I, yeah. I talk about on the show all the time. There's the fandom universe. There's yeah. the fandom WWE universe that people don't realize exists. That's why their shows do over a million. That's why uh, John Cena's merch was the number one. That's why Roman Reigns' merch mm-hmm. is number one. Mm-hmm. The reason you get the heel turned out with Roman is you can gamble that. You don't have a live gate. Live house yeah. shows, Roman Reigns' merch yeah. has made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. If I'm the booker, I'm going to keep them face too. I'm sorry. I, I, mm-hmm. I understand, that's, the, that's business. I understand the business end of this. Mm-hmm. Right now, so a, I will defend that. But now, but now I, I think it's a breath of fresh air. I do like what they're mm-hmm. doing with him. It's mm-hmm. different. I uh, I hear mm-hmm. that he's wrestling without a shirt on this Sunday. That's what he's uh, – we'll be talking about that on the uh, the podcast or the uh, oh Twitch channel podcast this week. He is, <laughs> he is, he is said to a – he did an interview, and he says that he uh, will be changing his apparel. He won't be wearing trunks. But he's not going to be wearing a shirt this Sunday, mm-hmm. so he's going to wrestle his cousin shirtless, which I think is interesting. So, uh, I don't know why that was a news cycle thing, but it is. <laughs> so you like you like you like his you like his new turn that he's on now. I, I like the fact that they're finally doing something. It feels to me, and and yeah, I agree. It could have been done a lot sooner, but I understand for money why it wasn't. It feels to me. They're finally make doing what they should have done with John Cena a long time ago, and what oh, worked for Hulk yeah. Hogan. If you remember what worked with Hulk Hogan in the NWO was the the act got stale, they switched him to a mm. heel, and then the mm. act got popular again because then okay. you know he was a heel for three or four months, and then people started buying this stuff. If you look already, all the Roman haters are now buying that shirt. Yeah, <laughs> you know, show up, show up, mm. you know, show up, wreck, destroy wreck everything, leave, and leave, yeah. leave whatever. Everybody's buying that shirt, mm. and, and they're all haters. Paul Heyman moniker. Yeah, oh, it is. I know. Tier. Oh, yeah. words, three. It's the Brock. It's 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 the yeah. Brock. You know, eat, sleep, eat, conquer, sleep, repeat, conquer, uh, yeah. repeat, or eat, I, sleep, beat, John Cena, repeat, whichever one you want to go with. I like I like I like my guy's constant hill, Randy Orton. He he oh, just yeah. I love oh. him. I just like let him stay like that. That's my guy. I just like he just, oh. he never turns. He never go another route. He stays a hill, and I love it. One <laughs> of the greatest guys. One of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I love what he does just with his facial expressions. Like oh. there's guys who can't get there's guys who can't get over on a microphone what he can do with his facial expressions. Mm-hmm. And it's just amazing. Uh, it reminds me, you know, another person we're talking about, Jericho, and that's why I said that I think Jericho's kind of phoning it in. Uh, I do love his Saturday show. I don't know if you guys see it. He streams on Saturdays. Mm. I like to call it Evenings with Drunk Uncle Chris. Uh, <laughs> it's because it, he does. It's incredible. He's drunk plays music and talks, and it's amazing because uh, he just – nothing's off limits, and it's really fun. But I, that's why I said he's gotten a little lazier that, from what we've seen him. He's always reinvented himself. He's always made, like, mm-hmm. you know, he's the guy who came back as a face two weeks of not saying anything and turned heel. Like, Jericho turned heel without saying a word in two weeks. Yeah. Like, that's just impressive. And now, like I said, I like Jericho five years ago, if the crowd was singing his song, he would have cut into him just because he doesn't want to hear it. Now you see him, he does. He sits there and smirks, and he smiles, and he's enjoying <laughs> it. And then he gets on the mic and tries to cut that heel promo. Guess what? It doesn't work after you were smiling. Mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> it just doesn't work. Nobody's buying it. And that's why I said I think he's just like, eh, I'm towards the end of it. I'm just going to make yeah. some mm-hmm. of these kids stars and call it I'm a in day. the twilight of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that's I mean, what Craig was good with that. Craig was good that, with that singing. Oh, yeah. you suck. He was great with that. Like, he played that off great every time he you suck you he played oh, yeah. yeah yeah oh it, it was I, great I, Kurt Angle's great I think uh one thing with the Roman heel is 
the one thing that I see it a little, you know, everybody's kind of comparing it to the Brock Heyman relationship. Mm -hmm. But for me, where I see it is, I see that completely different. I see it as one, like two separate relationships. Brock and Heyman were friends. Brock wasn't mm -hmm. good on the mic. Now, Roman is necessarily not good on the mic. You know, Heyman is the one mm -hmm. of the all-time best mic. Yeah. Yeah. He can That's true. At any point. And mm -hmm. the thing about it, though, is Roman has kind of turned to where he's like, I want to get it done my way. You're just going to help me. When mm -hmm. Brock mm -hmm. day, it was like, hey, yeah, you're my friend. You can kind of help me along the way. Mm -hmm. Like, like sometimes when Heyman's talking, I don't know if y'all noticed this or anything, but when, when, when Heyman's cutting a promo, just watch Roman's face. There'll be times where he's like in disgust with what Heyman's saying, but then, but then he clicks and he's like, well, if it's going to help me win, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Well, that's because Paul Heyman's the ultimate chameleon. You can put Paul Heyman with anybody and he's amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. we've seen him with Brock. We've seen him with Punk. Yeah. We've now seen him with yeah. Roman. And it's, it's three different things. Yeah. You know, with Punk, he didn't have to be the, the Mike guy because no. Punk could cut a promo. I mean, Brock, he was the mastermind behind the evasion. That evasion oh, yeah. storyline was the best ever. That was amazing. I love that storyline. I'm going to go try to watch that. Try to find that peer view somewhere and watch it again. I would. I just want to. Yeah. The, well, the, the the whole the invasion the, that's all on uh, the network. It is on WWE Network. The mm -hmm. problem with that, the, the reason that failed though, was because none of the stars had to come over because they all had guaranteed contracts where they could yeah. sit at home and get paid. And yeah. so none of them ever came over, which kind of sucked. And you know, nobody's going to buy. You know, they they tried to switch that last hour Raw to Nitro, but then when you had uh, Booker T versus Buff Bagwell, it doesn't work out so well. <laughs> uh, that's really that's that's really what caused all of that but if if you go into like Heyman though he is such a genius on that but just mm -hmm. just him in the ring and seconding somebody seconding lesnar he was the advocate you know mm -hmm. lesnar can't talk so he does all the talking lesnar mm -hmm. just goes out there and beats people up cm punk when he was that it was just a Heyman guy thing i'm a Heyman mm -hmm. guy you know mm -hmm. it was just off of a punk comment and then hey we're gonna get put you with Heyman, and then you, you can do whatever you do but they didn't need you know him for the mouthpiece because punk can run his own mouth but then with mm -hmm. roman roman's you know here on the mic sometimes mm -hmm. he has a good promo sometimes he doesn't and uh you know we've seen him we've seen him bomb you know i remember when he did the suckering suck attach that one time uh, yeah. nobody will ever forget that but dog then food have, yeah. yeah, then then you'll have where he shined in the past, too. Some of those promos he cut on Seth Rollins during their feud were great. It was just because he was cutting a good promo. But you, you know what? Heyman's a more consistent thing. I like the partnership, and you're, you're, you're absolutely right there. It's a partnership. It's a, and it's a way to a, end for Roman. Roman's like, I need to get back into winning ways. I don't – you know, the, the heel part of this is I don't care what I have to do to mm -hmm. be the champion – I just need to be the champion. If that means I sign Paul Heyman because Paul Heyman will give me the best deals, I sign Paul Heyman. If that means I have to beat up my cousin on pay-per-view, that's mm. what I'm going to do. And mm. I like this. I, I like that storyline. I like the fact that they, they made Jey Uso the number one contender. Somebody's like, oh, I can't believe they did that. I'm like, it's a perfect storyline for Roman. Mm -hmm. It's showing that Roman, we know he's close to his cousins. They're all like brothers. Yeah. Him mm -hmm. and Usos are like brothers. They grew up that way. Guess what, mm -hmm. though? I'm going to kick the hell out of him. I'm going to, he's, he, it's what he's saying. I'm going to beat you up so bad. You know, our family isn't even going to talk to me. You know why? It's not personal. I just need to be champion. Mm -hmm. That's all that I mm -hmm. care about is being champion. Mm -hmm. And I like that storyline because it's fresh. It's something new. And, and, mm -hmm. and especially on SmackDown where they were doing such a bad job with oh, yeah. every storyline. And then you have <laughs> NXT that's like, you know, it's in the rock and the hard place, man. 
because there's all the fans who are, uh, you know, burned by WWE who have gone and vowed away from WWE and gone straight AEW or elsewhere and won't watch anything related to WWE, so they won't watch NXT. Then you have the, that fandom universe I talk about because it's, it's there. It's, they, they're buying the stuff. They won't watch anything that's not Raw or SmackDown. And NXT doesn't fit sports entertainment. So then NXT doesn't get that crowd. So then NXT's just getting a random crowd of people who like wrestling. And, it, and the reason why I think it's getting an older crowd isn't to crap on it. It's because it reminds people of the, the days where you were had storylines, simple storylines. I don't like you because you beat me. I don't like you because you turned your back on me. I don't like you because of jealousy. All their storylines are simple. And, and then they, but they make it work. That's how you end up with great feuds like Gargano and Ciampa. That's how you end up with Adam Cole having great feuds with them. And, and they're doing some of the best wrestling in the United States. The last couple of weeks of NXT have been a little rough on television, yeah. but but for the longest time, they were throwing a consistent product out there, and mm -hmm. people were just not watching it. And I think that's why I, I said to Ken before, if they could get rid of way with WWE and just leave that out and not be their own separate entity, they would be uh, right on top of the game. But as far as the wrestling world goes right now, you know, AEW, they're 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 NXT's on TV to keep AEW from being over a million views a week. And they, mm. it, and and when you and when you look at people bragging about AEW winning every week. I've, I said it last week, and I'll say it here. You guys should really think about it. They're not really winning every week. No. Vince is winning every week. Yeah. Because for every week except for one, you haven't made it over a million. Mm. And that means he's won. That was the whole goal. Yeah. It was never. It was never about NXT beating you in the ratings. It was never about any product, whatever. And you're more than welcome to go up against Raw or SmackDown because that Phantom Universe is going to show up over a million, and you're going to lose even more people. It's mm. it's a it's like no it's a no win situation. What AEW needs to do, going back for a final time with that, is they need to have a person who's in charge to centralize thing, and they need mm -hmm. to stop letting WWE live, live rent free in their head. We don't mm -hmm. need Miro coming out going. I'm tired of brass rings and shove brass rings up your ass. Who cares where you, where you were before? Remember, remember back in WCW and WWE when they were really hot at war, with the exception of when uh, Eric Bischoff started getting really cocky, and that was towards the end of them winning. Mm -hmm. They never mentioned each other. They never on screen said, oh, you know, whatever. When they started doing that is right around the times, i.e. the Tony Schiavone line, oh, Mick Foley, who used to be Cactus Jack, here is about to win their title. That'll put the asses in seats. And then six million households turned over to watch the main the event because they wanted to yeah. see they wanted to see mankind become champion. And that was the one, first time they ever lost a segment in eighty three weeks. Yeah. And the following mm -hmm. week was the first week that they lost the rating was war. That was the end of the eighty three week streak because mm -hmm. of that mistake. Because I got and, cocky. And, yeah, and that's why you don't mention yeah. your competition. That's why you don't do it. It's not because yeah. they don't exist. You just don't do it because focus on your product, make the best product possible, mm -hmm. and let it go. I mean, there was a lot of implication. Because think about it, the NWO was implied that those guys came from WWE. Like, it was implied that they were invading from the WWF. Fans mm -hmm. thought that that was happening. And, and that was great. But they never mentioned the WWF. They said, you know, we came mm -hmm. from up north. We came mm -hmm. from New York. We came yeah. from, you know, they, were, they, they made the, the lingo, but yeah. they never said it. And it was perfect. Yeah. And that's how they won. And AEW's mistake is they're coming out every day and they're comparing themselves to the crappier versions of what, you know, don't compare yourself to what SmackDown's doing. SmackDown's putting on a crap show. It's still yep. doing two and a half million viewers because mm -hmm. of that Phantom universe. Don't yep. compare yourself to Raw, who is hit or miss. For part of the pandemic, they were really good. And then mm -hmm. Paul Heyman lost his job and that was it. But yeah, they're, you know, don't compare yourself to that. Compare yourself to what you want to be in your mm -hmm. vision. Push who you want. And, and don't be yeah. scared that 
Kenny Omega should be a champion. I don't care that he's an executive vice president. Mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes should be a champion. Don't care because he's the most over guy you got. Mm-hmm. MJF should be a champion and push to, to the hills. That kid's mouth is, is gold. Like I said, he might not be he, – he shouldn't be the world champion, and I like how they ended that match because it saves him. It makes him look strong in the future. But I don't need him world champion now. But TNT champion, there's no reason he ain't your secondary champion running mm-hmm. his mouth every week till somebody beats him. And, mm-hmm. and that's what they need to do. But instead, no, let's just give the belt to, to Dean Ambrose 2.0. I mean, sorry, John Moxley. <laughs> and, and give the belt to, you know, uh, you, you Brody know Lee. the, the, the Brody FTR. Lee, yeah. And I love Brody. I know Brody personally. Yeah. I worked with Brody a ton when I was back in my, when I worked for Square Circle Wrestling. I mean, he was, our, or he was our champion at one point. He's a great guy. And I love seeing him on television. But at the same time, you got MJF. He's a goldmine. He's the future of the business. Give that kid the, the rub. I don't even mind this Team Taz business they got going on. And I found myself lately being a fan of Lance Archer. Mm, and yeah. I think he'll have, a, he'll have a decent match with Moxley because they had a great one at Wrestle Kingdom. The same match they're going to have on Dynamite they had at Wrestle Kingdom. And if they copy that match, it'll be an amazing match. Mm, yeah. Oh, by the way, does anybody else think that parking lot brawl got, should have been five stars? Hell no. Do you want to end on that? <laughs> <laughs> The whole storyline was based off dissing somebody's mom's minivan. Yeah. Enough said. Uh-huh. Enough said. <laughs> you mentioned the name, and I had one question to close out wrestling, but now I have two. Okay. Do you think that Seth Rollins is running his course? Do you think that mm. it's time to yeah. move on? What 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 are your thoughts? I think the that? gimmick is starting to. I mean, the fact yeah, that yeah. rehashing the "Who's Your Poppy" storyline that was absolutely atrocious mm-hmm. and completely Ugh. bombed the show last night. Uh, I, just, I think the gimmick needs to change. Punk fan, and I've seen the Savior storyline. Yeah, no, I, I agree with. It. I'm a big punk fan too, and and just what what they're doing, they just lost their way. And I think a lot of that stuff was started when Heyman was in charge, and the fact that he's gone now, they have no backup plan, and they're just flying by night. Like, i.e., if you've seen the pictures of Retribution, which was one of the worst reveals they've done. I'm sorry, the whole Bane? Mad Max wannabes, which yeah. I kept posting last night. I said Donovan Dijakovic was Bane. Mm-hmm. So anytime you wanted to use a Bane meme, that's why he was trending last night, or Bane was trending on Twitter. Mm. Yeah, It was just such an egregious debut. It was like, okay, you guys have no idea what you're doing. And the Seth Rollins thing, too, is just you got one of the best wrestlers on the planet who can wrestle mm-hmm. with anybody. But instead, you're rehashing a gimmick that didn't get over. It's still not getting over. It's kind of creepy what they're doing with it now. Mm. So, like, I don't know. I, I think they just need to refresh him and get him doing something else. And mm. Basically, they're going to get a free one coming up here, though, because he'll mm. be st- checking out for paternity leave soon. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, they're going to get a good run out of it because he'll be off television probably for two, three months. And mm. uh, when he comes back, that's how you handle it. I mean – the way you, I would handle it is you come back, you bring him back as a baby face again. Just, I like him better as a heel. But whenever somebody comes back, they always get a, a, a pop. If, if there's live crowds again, that would be perfect because he's going to come out, get a pop, let him do a quick baby face run for four or five months, and then just let him go back to the sniveling heel. Mm-hmm. I don't need him to be the savior. I don't need him to be Messiah. It was a good gimmick until they watered it down. Mm-hmm. Until he started mm-hmm. poking people's eyes out and all that happy jazz, it, it was a good gimmick. But Wrestling. now it's kind of run its course, and and you need to get. I, I, he's a better sniveling heel. Just make him sniveling. Just make him the the the, the horrible whiny. It, it, he's better at that. Like when it, when H kind of 
was like, I'm picking you. I've handpicked you. Uh-huh. Here's your security team. They're going to watch your back. And he's just backhanded uh-huh. and, you know, weaselly. And I was like, this is a hill I like. I like this well, for Seth. The, the, the problem is when they make the Messiah thing is pretty much based off of the fact of the gimmick that he used in ROH, Age of the Fall. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is he wasn't the leader of the Age of the Fall. It was Jimmy Jacobs. Mm-hmm. He was he was Jimmy Jacobs' backup. It, it was him and Necro Butcher, of all people. So, I mean, and then he broke out on his own off of his athletic ability, and he was a face when he was the Ring of Honor champion before mm-hmm. losing it to Kevin Steen. Mm-hmm. But that, that's that's what they were trying to rewrite off of. You know, WWE likes to do that sometimes. You know, everybody's like, oh, they hate what they don't make. It's not necessarily true because they, they took that from Ring of Honor. Uh, they took the Summer of Punk from Ring of Honor almost verbatim. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, Punk did all the mic work, but think about it. The Summer of Punk was him leaving Ring of Honor. He signed mm-hmm. his WWE contract on the Ring of Honor title. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then it was he was he kept defending the belt. Like, everybody's like, oh, this is his last show. He's got to drop the belt. And he kept winning. And it, it, it led into finally he lost the night before he left. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just – it was one of those things that, like, like they just took kind of verbatim and, and ran with. So they like to borrow all the time. Once again, the wrestling business does that constantly. Oh. But it's 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 – I think he'll come back as a face because people are going to forget – you know, people will be happy to see him after a three-month absence. Mm-hmm. He'll come back. He'll He'll do some stuff for a little bit. And then – I hope they put him just back to regular old sniveling, maniacal mm-hmm. Seth Rollins. Yeah. Move from there. Guy who, one guy who is absolutely just, I mean, blown me away is Dominic Mysterio. He, he has been fantastic in the matches they put him in. I mean, for being a young up and coming guy, like I think maybe he needs to kind of, I don't know, you know, WWE is great at dropping names. I mean, and, we, and we've gone in, you know, they, they've kind of said, like, why they changed their names. You know, mm-hmm. Antonio Cesaro, well, if he leaves, he can't use, you know, we don't want him to use this name. So we'll just drop the Antonio or B- Big E Langston. We can't have him being Big E Langston because we want to own that. And so, um, but I think maybe dropping the Mysterio, because if you have Mysterio in his name, all you're going to talk about is his dad, mm-hmm. his dad. His dad, his dad, his dad, you know. So, like, if he's – he needs to become his own, you know, persona. He needs to become his own wrestler. And I, for one, honestly, for the longest time, I thought he was going to join Seth Rollins. Oh, I, I thought it was. I, I, felt, yeah. I felt like that was the way they were going to go, but they didn't. And I was like, oh, that could have been – oh, that could have been so perfect. But um, going back to the Roman thing with the mic, it, it when you mentioned that – it kind of brought up – it was actually in Memphis when he did not remember his line against the uh, – with John Cena. Oh, get out. That was in Memphis. <laughs> I, my dad and I were actually at the show, and <laughs> he, he started talking, and then he just stopped. And I, I looked at my dad, and I was like, he forgot his line. And then Cena was like, so if you're going to be big, you need to remember your promo lines. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, for this much stuff that John Cena catches – Probably one of the greatest promos in the business. Oh, oh yeah, I mean, by far. He's, oh, yeah. he's spar- far. He is sparred with The Rock and came out on top. Like, when mm-hmm. him and The Rock started going at back and forth, he was destroying The Rock. And, I mean, mm-hmm. of course, the infamous uh, Sharpie incident where mm-hmm. Rock forgot his – broke on his Sharpie on his arm. And yeah. then the next week, John Cena was like, oh, here, let me act like you so I can remember a line and writes on his arm. And everybody's <laughs> just like, I can't believe they let him do it. It's John Cena. Yeah. But Cena was killing the rock. Like, mm-hmm. Cena's great. 
Um, We're live, economics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'll tell you what. WrestleMania 35, being oh, yeah. at MetLife for that, I, I'm going to tell you what. When I when the, that music hit, I'm telling you, every little kid in that building probably felt vindicated because every grown man our age jumped up and down and cheered like little girls for John Cena. And the kid's like, I thought we, I thought we hated John Cena in this house. <laughs> But no, no, we don't hate John Cena. We just hate uh, not, not we the just doctor hate of economics. Oh yeah, it's different. You had to explain it to him. You <laughs> explain to your kids that you know one at one time, folks. John Cena was uh, a badass who used to talk about his candy cane, mm-hmm. and then they, and they took that away from us. Toe to toe, promo wise with the take with mm-hmm. Taker. I mean, oh, yeah. still mm-hmm. when the doctor of economics went toe to toe with Taker on the mic, I was just like, "Ooh, this kid's got it." Oh, mm-hmm. loves Chris. I, love I would have to say I fell out with Cena during the PG era when they kind of. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I do. I do like the fact that they, you know, I, I know y'all know his backstory about how he was about to get fired, and mm-hmm. then he literally was rapping on the on the, in the back of the bus with like Rey Mysterio and you know likes of those guys. And Stephanie was kind of like, "We could use that. Let's let's try to put this a, as a gimmick, and let's let's see where this goes." And then boom. Here comes ergonomics. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, he he's just, you know, yes, he's kind of followed in what The Rock has done, and, you know, that's okay. Um, but, I mean, yeah, he – I don't think – unfortunately, I don't think he's going to be the one – as much as WWE, I feel like, wants him to be the one to break Flair's record, I don't – I think it's going to be Orton. Mm-hmm. Probably. Well, it might be. Well, here's the thing with, uh, with, with Cena – the, the thing is, you got to remember, he sat on top of the wrestling business longer than anybody ever. Yeah, That's yeah. longer than Hogan, longer yeah. than The Rock, longer mm-hmm. than Austin. Made more money mm-hmm. than all of those guys, too. But mm-hmm. he sat on top of the world. And there was plenty of times that he didn't want to do it. I mean, hearing him now talk about it candidly, he kind of got out a little bit. He's like, I wanted to turn heel all the time. But you just couldn't. And it's the business side of things. Mm-hmm. And I, I always I always thought it was a, a, a funny that this guy who worked so hard got chastised by so many people. But it was because, you you know, he's, you're shoving him down the throat. Well, it's hard to be there. I think one of the most telling things in that Roman Reigns feud, though, was in that promo where he's like, I just want to go away, but you were supposed to be the guy to replace me. And since you can't do that, here I am. Yeah, and yeah. I that was went, a strong one. And it was, like a, it was like one of those real moments where you went, and I think that's where fans' relationship with John turned. Because mm-hmm. if you remember after that, there was no, you know, everybody would do the joking Cena sucks thing, but everybody would cheer for him. And the reason why was they realized, oh, wait a minute, maybe he doesn't want to be shoved down our throats. There's just nobody to take over for him. Yeah. And he has mm-hmm. to keep going back. It's like, it's like mm-hmm. you know, with, when, when Steve Austin left, you had The Rock. When The Rock left, you had actually a conglomerate of good wrestlers. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, the aggression, the ruthless aggression era, which people crap on all the time, had some of the best wrestling. Yeah. I mean, you, that's, you had, you know, you know, he who shall not be named. You had Kurt Angle, mm-hmm. you had Eddie Guerrero. You had, you know, the birth of Edge, the birth of Randy Orton. You know, there was a lot of great wrestling going on. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's what replaced The Rock into Cena. And then there was that gap, and then John Cena. And then, you know, yes, we went into the PG era and, you know, it changed wrestling a lot. But, you know, here we are on the other side of that. And you're like, oh, you know, wrestling probably would have died if it wasn't for the PG era. 
True. kind of kept it alive. And, and yeah. if you wanted, to, if you wanted to see something not PG, there was tons of options. There's always yeah. tons of options. That's why I like to preach ever. There's there's independent wrestling. And it's mm-hmm. real easy to find now. If everybody has a local one, but if you want, you know, independentwrestling.tv has a great great service. Uh, and you can watch a ton of stuff on there, and they have mm-hmm. deals with some of the best independent country companies around the country. You can watch New Japan. You know, yeah. it's a, I love it right now. It's the best time. G1 Climax. Sorry for some people. I know English commentary is finally back because some people get thrown off by non-English commentary. You do finally have some English commentary back. But when they first came back, there wasn't because nobody could get in the country. Yeah. Uh, then, then you have, you know, obviously Impact is killing it these days. I think Impact is silently one of the better companies on the planet right now. Fact. They, mm. they, they hired some of the best hires out of uh, the WWE Letgos. And they've just ran with the ball, man. And I, I, I can't a, say enough good things about them. A friend of the show, uh, he's uh, in the independent circuit. He's from around here. He's uh, the Southern Psycho, Elliot Russell. He's with the Heat Seekers tag team. He's been traveling all around the independent circle and all that. And he has said a couple times, just like in passing, just like he's happy right now. I mean, he's younger than I am. But, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he went to – the opposite school of me in the, in this town. He's a couple years younger than me, but this kid is a freaking monster. He's like a younger, more talented version. If you were to look at him of James storm. Okay. Okay. And, and mm-hmm. he's got this sick, uh, just charisma that radiates off him. Like he doesn't really like get on the mic and talk a lot, but him and his uh, tag team partner, Sigmund have held tag titles. Like, They've traveled around with the the Rock and Roll Express and 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 Morton and all them and and they even did a little house show where Sting came in and endorsed them and uh, up in Johnson City, Tennessee, and he's just he's got it and uh, it's, it's intriguing because since starting this show and like getting connected with him since he started coming he did some stuff in Japan for for a little while recently before the pandemic. Um, seeing and I, I truly am and loving independent circuit more these days because the fire oh. that you see see in these these stars because that's what it is for them is it's a love right now it's not and for the, for a lot of them they're not even like i, I don't want to go to wv oh yeah i just i just uh, love this it's a great place. I mean, uh, independent wrestlers started to pick it up and it's had its lulls and its ups and downs. And right now it's in a, in a great place. Uh, really, you know what it is, is a lot of new homegrown talent, you mm-hmm. know, cause as, as, as the R minutes went up, as AEW started signing a lot of people, then ring of honor started signing people and impact started signing people. Cause once AEW came into the thing, everybody wanted to get people under a contract. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even places like Ring of Honor and Impact, who didn't have these contracts or strict contracts before, started strict contracting guys. And then, you know, WWE is always there buying up the top tiers. Yeah. And so what, what, what happens with these guys is the young up-and-comers got to be booked everywhere. Mm-hmm. And now they're loving it because they're, they're traveling. It's like it, it, they are the top guys. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to them, it's, it's hard to go if, – if that's what you love doing, if you love the sport of professional wrestling, if you want to be a participant in that sport, and you see it all the time with guys who are content, you will take the – you know, I might not have to be the WWE. I don't have to be an AEW. Mm-hmm. But I can be wrestling every week in front of a live crowd 
and they're giving me the love that I need and making, you know, a decent amount of money. Cause trust me, you get paid a little bit, you get paid something. Hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully you're not getting screwed over. Cause that sucks. <laughs> uh, checks in the mail. Never believe that mm-hmm. one. Uh, but, uh, I got, I got some horror stories. I can tell you some other time, yeah. uh, not from, I've always worked for good promoters, but I mean, I know a lot of bad ones too. Uh, well, I've been meaning and, to tell you all your, your all's checks are in the mail. Oh, oh thank, for, you. For, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, I, I believe that, uh, but no. Uh, the, 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 but the way it goes is, is, is if they're happy and content doing that, why, why change it? Why? Yeah. You know, remember why you love it. Because once again, once you're under contract, you're no longer your own guy. You're no longer the guy that you want to be. You're not. You're going to be the vision of whoever in that office is. And so, at the end of the day, when we look at retribution as fans, we're like, oh, this is horrible. At the end of the day, that's what those guys signed away. Yeah. They signed away the freedom to be like, I can be whoever I want when I want to be it. Mm-hmm. And guess what? That's, that's, that's the problem when you sign a contract. It, the money's nice, but you're not going to be the same character. Nobody, yeah. you know, unless you can transcend the business, unless you're that once in a lifetime guy or your charisma is such, you, you have to be, look at the guys, Kevin, Kevin Owens slash Kevin Steen. He's always mm-hmm. that guy because he gets, he can do it. CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking of guys right now at the time. I, of course, Bray Wyatt created one of the best rest characters ever created. Whether they ruined that or not, it sucks, but it, he created it. Mm-hmm. And it's Let's an not amazing character. He was Husky Harris. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, wow. well, he was Husky yeah. Harris, and he, he had a couple other gimmicks that they were trying to stuff him under before they just like, hey, you know, we'll, we'll give it up. And, that, and it all came from a conversation with Dan Spivey. He basically took Dan Spivey's uh, gimmick and ran with it. It's it, it's it's a really good time when you see guys like that. But for all those guys, we have the guy that comes up and is is you know they drop his name and make him a, a joke. Uh, I'm looking at Ricochet. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. It's rough because you know you, you know the talents. You know how how you know. But that's what you signed up for at the end of the day. And mm-hmm. some kids, and the reason why you're doing that is because some kids, you know, some kids' parents are spending, you know, a ton of money on your shirts and stuff. So yeah. once you get the business end, you understand that you serve a different master. You don't, you don't serve the fan anymore necessarily. You serve mm-hmm. money, and mm-hmm. it's 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 an interesting dichotomy when you really boil it down. But I'm glad your friends do. Like I, I have a lot of friends who are still independent mm-hmm. wrestlers. I have a lot of them that you know have made the jump to to some of the greener pastures, if you will. And uh, I got to, I was blessed that I got to work with a lot of top tier name guys and really, really, really good people. But, you know, I, some of my favorite guys are still on that local level mm-hmm. and it's not because they can't be up. It's not because they couldn't take mm-hmm. a contract. A lot of them have been offered contracts from impact or ring of honor. I mean, I'll say it right now, man. Uh, I mean, he has a contract, but one of, one of my favorite people on the planet is uh, Eddie Edwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've got a lot of good war stories with Eddie Edwards, a lot of good times, man. And uh, a true story, I broke my, the way I broke into the wrestling business is my first job was handling, was Eddie Edwards' handler. And uh, trust me, Eddie Edwards is, uh, he's probably taking years off my life is all I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I love him to death. He's a great guy. And, and uh, I'm just happy he gets his due and impact. He yeah. wouldn't get that same due in AEW. He wouldn't get that same due in, in WWE. But the fact that he's been a two-time world champion and everything else he's done is because of where mm-hmm. he's at. And I, and I, I, I think that's choosing the right place. And he got the offers mm-hmm. after that initial run with the impact championship. He got offers from world wrestling entertainment. He got offers uh, when AEW opened up, he got offers from them, but he chose to stay loyal to the company who made was loyal to him. And it, it it's paid off. And, mm-hmm. and that's, and that's the two different dichotomies you always have to look at. So when that's guys are unhappy, I was shocked to see uh, rude come over. 
because he had – I mean, he was TNA all the way, and he was one of those originals. And when he came over, I was like, wow, he came over. Well, he came over and EC3 came over pretty much because out of the ashes of the Dixie Carter regime. Yeah. Like, people just wanted to wait for Dixie. And, oh. and so it was a bad place to work. And, mm-hmm. and that's the only reason they came over, because James Storm – half made the jump a couple times to NXT yeah. if you yeah. remember NXT and it never yeah he never quite made the full circus jump. thing and yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's weird I loved, but uh, I loved those two in TNA your money I, I will throw this out there <laughs> the guy who you have to blame for impact wrestlers not being booked better in WWE is Wildcat Chris Harris because when oh. they hired him and he showed up and overweight and was horrible Braden that's Walker. why. That's why. That's why AJ Styles had to go to Japan before going mm. to WWE and get the stank <laughs> off of him. Uh, and that's 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 where the ruin it was. It was Wildcat Chris Harris. I guess my last question here is: We were supposed to go to Mania. Me and two of my friends, Josh and Logan, we were supposed to go. We had the tickets, had to get a refund and all that. We were looking forward to it. Uh, we we know that Taker is. He had his last ride. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. allegedly. Mm-hmm. Well, McAfee Jermaine, action allegedly. Yeah, and uh, to come back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if he's gone, what's your next draw at Mania? There's no money in the bank at Mania anymore. The the big Andre the Giant Battle Royal. It was kind of a eh. But what's your what? What do you what do you make your next staple? Or who is your next staple? As like oh, every time like Shawn Michaels was Mr. WrestleMania. Well, there's two things. There's two takeaways though. Uh, first of all, WrestleMania has become like the Super Bowl, so mm-hmm. it's become its own draw. So there's that. And the other part of it is is constantly creating new stars and new activities. Uh, Taker wasn't at 35, uh, upsettingly to myself, because that was the first WrestleMania I ever attended live. Really? Uh, it, yeah, it was the first time I ever went to WrestleMania live. The first was one was 24. You got to see Ric Flair's yeah. retirement. Yeah. See, mm-hmm. me, I never had gone live to WrestleMania until last year or two years ago, technically, in New York. I'm there, and of course, Taker wasn't there. And, you know, we did get the John Cena thing, which was nice nostalgia. But the moment that'll last forever being there live was Kofi Kingston winning the championship. Uh, The electricity in that building, I still have the video in my phone of it live because I knew that, like, I just was like, the three has to come on this one. And I was just, I I was right. I'm not trying to brag. I just was right because it was, I, so I have the perfect recording of the one, the crowd yelling one, two, three, and the eruption. And it was amazing. Like the video that you see has nothing on the actual crowd and what that was. And and in that moment, I realized that that's what WrestleMania has become. It's become mm-hmm. less about the spectacle wrestler and more about the moment. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's mm-hmm. when you hear that moment. And mm-hmm. you saw that moment, and that moment was bigger than, and I it, believe, even seeing – I mean, I would have been grateful to see The Undertaker, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that moment would have outshined The Undertaker because that moment was great. Yes. Yeah, and the I intros. The intros are the ones you look forward to WrestleMania. Who's coming? Who's gonna do something different? Uh-huh. Who's gonna come out here? And yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I was driving so the tank this year. Yeah, oh, geez. yeah well, um, whatever on the tank. Legend. Yeah. Salute him. Salute to Rusev or Miro. The Bulgarian, the, the Bulgarian Slim Shady baby. Yep. <laughs> so uh, a few last questions before we close out. I want to look at like, I don't want to say winners and losers of the pandemic because that just sounds terrible. Uh, strong and not as strong in the pandemic. I'm going to list them. 
DC. Mm. Uh, yeah, they look strong. And and strong. I, I, yeah, I, I think I think if we're going, if we're looking at a timetable of like mm. start to now, mm-hmm. I think it started it started weak and became strong. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think it. I think the ending is what most people are going to remember. Yeah. So I think it. I think I would put that as strong. Mm. I'll right. put an asterisk uh, by it. The, it's strong yeah. because the one thing is they did have a lot of win. Like Fandom definitely mm. was the event of 2020 thus far, mm. but it also came at a time when they were doing layoffs as well. When yeah. they did the yeah. whole restructuring yeah. of Warner yeah. Brothers and plus hide they let go of Dandy Ido too, and and like everything going on there, like. So I'll say, yeah, it's strong, but with an asterisk by it. With an asterisk. Mm-hmm. Kind of swept that under the under the rug, per se. Yeah. And we've yeah. already talked about Marvel. They're kind of laying in wait. I, I, I would imagine, I think Marvel will have us some things mm-hmm. at New York City Comic Con. So far, mm-hmm. they've just announced a lot of things on Hulu, but I'm not doubting a late-minute response. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they got three new shows they're oh. doing panels for. Yeah. Oh, I know. Next year we gonna be all gonna be broke going to all these, all these movies, man. <laughs> <laughs> true. 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 That's true. Every, uh, <laughs> Disney. Oh, strong. Oh, strong. Disney Plus strong. Disney Plus strong. Disney Plus. Yeah. yeah. I can only imagine the numbers that have increased through the pandemic. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I However, when uh, Black is King uh, was released on uh, Disney Plus, Disney Plus saw a huge increase mm-hmm. in subscribers only just because Beyonce fans want to see her new mm-hmm. music film. So I thought that was really uh, interesting stuff. And Hamilton. Hamilton, too. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about Hamilton. Yeah, you and she's what? doing the album for Black Panther 2, where, you know, we assume. Okay. I'm kind of upset though about that because I wanted Kendrick Lamar back. Yeah, I love the black. That was a rumor. Yeah, I don't think that's a Oh man, I'm sorry. I love that Kendrick Lamar Black Panther one soundtrack was amazing. Yeah, I can't even lie. I'm guardian. I have I have a feeling he's gonna come back for it. He's definitely going to try to come back for it. Yeah, I hope so. He's great, but yeah, Disney Plus doing innovative things bringing in new people and they haven't even hit us with all the stuff that we've been promised yet. And you know, yeah. it's coming, but it's kind of, it's like, there's what, three more star Wars shows coming in the future mm-hmm. and, uh, and all the Marvel stuff. Yeah. Got for, for star Wars, they've got season two, season three, and then a potential season four of the Mandalorian. They've got all the Marvel shows that they've announced uh-huh. up until 2022. Uh-huh. Then they've got for, well, and for star Wars, they've got the casting and or, uh, Disney Plus mm-hmm. series, and they've got the Obi Wan Kenobi uh, uh-huh. series. However, they that one. they just released that Obi Wan Kenobi series is only going to be one season long. Sucks, for right but, now, yeah. For right now, yeah. And then they also have the Ahsoka Tano series coming out, yeah, because uh, they casted that, and obviously she'll be a Mandalorian season two. I mean, mm-hmm. they've got so much going, in, and they hit their what? They hit their five year goal. Mm-hmm. What was it? Two oh. months ago, they yeah. had a five-year goal. They hit it. Yeah. It's just—it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Uh, they definitely are winning the new side stream war. So, gotta mm-hmm. be excited for what they're doing over there. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Josh Sweden. Looking weak. I'll tell you what. We'll put, we'll put it on hold until until the Snyder Cut comes out, and then we'll gotcha. really bash him. Let's gotcha. be honest. Yeah. Gotcha. And we already talked earlier. Comics are looking strong. People are, since they've been locked in, 
they've they've if they weren't comic readers now you're seeing comic readers coming out of this whether whether it's through audible um i know that the the sandman audible book had a huge influx of downloads and purchases mm-hmm. the pandemic, which it's fantastic if you haven't checked it out that voice cast is a plus and plus a lot of them are doing kickstarter now mm-hmm. that's one thing too like i know uh, brian on cheers the comics was, has been having a lot of creators come on and and been promoting like david pepos has got this new oz book coming out mm-hmm. which is basically like if if uh the wizard of oz was in like uh post-apocalyptic world like it's a cool take on it mm-hmm. scott snyder has a book mm-hmm. coming out called noctera with tony daniel which is supposed to be like kind of in that same vibe too and there's a couple other indie books too i know um, punk, punk tacos volume two is coming out like there is so much going on with kickstarter and indie comics too. donald reeves has got a comic book series coming yeah out. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what they think of that though uh we've talked about streaming services what about gaming where, where are we sitting with gaming is it strong is it weak right now video gaming or RPGs? Video, video yeah yeah video game. with the console wars going on it depends on what you like i mean i'm a, I'm a maddie guy so i'm good i got the avengers and I still finished my Iron Man VR, so I got to catch up with that. So I think gaming been on point so far. Um, you know, I think PlayStation's gonna win, but I'm I'm a Sony guy, so I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's gonna be a big year for gaming, regardless. With two new gen- next gen systems coming out, it's gonna be a huge year. Uh, next year should be even bigger uh, with all the promises of everything coming out. So, I mean, gaming is, 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 is firing on all cylinders right now. Uh, I mean, we already had some great consoles and then to add to that, it's, it's amazing. Uh, and, uh, you know, Nintendo is still doing the switch. So yeah, mm-hmm. nothing wrong I, I, there. I'll and say the switch is amazing. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one of the, it's one of my better consoles that I have. Like mm-hmm. you can just pick it anywhere and, and play mm-hmm. it. Anywhere. Um, for me, I would say strong, but I would put an asterisk by it just simply because there has been the downside of trying to pre-order these next consoles. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge problem in itself. Like mm-hmm. the, I know Dom and I, I got the Xbox series S today. Dom got the PlayStation five like last week and we both had problems getting it. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, and then I know y'all all saw Amazon come out and say, Hey, thanks for ordering from us, but you're probably not going to get it until a month later. After yeah. releases. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's a problem. Like you've got, like, that's got to be fixed. That's mm-hmm. got to be, you know, um, we don't pre-order things. So we get them, can get them a month later. Exactly. Yeah. If that's exactly. If that was the case, then you would just get them a month later. When yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, I just, I just think that that's a little, a little small thing they need to work out. But other than that, I mean, um, I, I view the console wars, like I view Marvel versus DC there. Let them hash it out. Let them, let, yeah. let them make us happy. Agree. As, yeah, as a fan of both consoles, let that, let them com- you know, continue to compete, continue to put out these games to con- you know, put out these consoles these prices are very affordable. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it is. The yeah, they are. Years, I, that was like, yep. all right, I'm done. I'm sold. Get, you know, mm. let me have that. Yeah. I was yeah. shocked at the Sony announcement because the last thing I had read was they were seeing that creating them alone was taking upwards for $450 
per system just to create a PlayStation five. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they want to make money in that first year. They're going to have to make it a $700 system. Well, but they mm-hmm. didn't. Well, the game- they're going to write off this first year. Kind of like, mm-hmm. eh, well, we can lose some money here. Yeah. Well, the game mm-hmm. is not in the system. It's, it's in the return business. Yeah. So like, if you take a loss on the, the system, that's fine. Both mm-hmm. Sony and uh, an Xbox or, or Microsoft, mm-hmm. sorry, have gotten in the business of putting out games through gaming platforms. So mm-hmm. now that's where they're trying to make their money off of. Mm-hmm. So you know, mm-hmm. Sony's going to make their money off of a Miles Morales Spider-Man game mm-hmm. in this Bastida deal for uh, for Xbox is going to make them more money. So if mm-hmm. you take a little chunk off of the price, you'll make up mm-hmm. for it on the back end all day. Right. So I think that Batman game, Batman game, they're going to make a whole bunch oh, of yeah. money off that oh, Batman yeah. game. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I have been waiting for a chance to play as Red Hood for a long time. Oh yes, yes. Well yeah, guys, I wanna thank you for this. Uh let's one last time go around the table where the listeners can find you on social media and your podcast. ECA, let's start with you. Uh yeah, you can find us uh basically on every streaming platform. Um we're you know, East Coast Avengers. Um and then Dom, you wanna tell them about our social media platforms? Yeah, so we're on Twitter, uh, we're on Instagram, uh, Twitter. You you can follow us at East Coast Avengers. That's E A S T C O A S T A V N G R S. So East Coast Avengers, uh, no E's in the Avengers names. And then you can find us on Instagram, E C A underscore podcast. Uh, JT, what else are we on? I feel like I'm missing something. Uh, you can find us on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash ECA underscore 901. And you can find us on YouTube. Just search in the search uh, bar East Coast mm-hmm. Avengers. We are not. We actually just passed, funny fact, uh, when we started East Coast Avengers on YouTube, there was a band, a rock band called East Coast Avengers. They would put out these metal, like metal hits and just like hair flow, hair banging, you know, hits and stuff. And we were like, our, our goal was to pass them when you search for us. And we finally did it. So right on. Get, get, get out of the way. I think for all five of us, um, all of our personal accounts are on each one of our uh, social media platforms. So um, if you go under East Coast Avengers, you can find all of our personal plat- plat- mm-hmm. platforms there. So, um, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We, we definitely appreciate y'all have, you know, having us on. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm glad that Dom and I were able to get on. Unfortunately, the rest of the, uh, crew could not be uh, on tonight, but from them, they want to thank y'all for just kind of, you know, having at least some of us. Of course, anytime. Dre, where we where can we find you, brother? Yeah, you can find me on, on you know, Dre Jeremy 83, you know, Twitter, that's all. You know, um, like I said, I'll, I, you know, you can find me there. You can find me tagged and Ken, tagging some other stuff. So I'm always tagging these guys and, you know, it's the love I show to them. So, you know, there you can find me at. We're very thankful for the love. Trust me. Ken Am. Where do you find the ODPH? Uh, you can find us at OchoDuroParleyHour.com. That has all our social media links because we're on Twitter and Instagram at ODParleyHour. Yeah, that's the name for both of them because I made it easy, so I'd always remember that. Um, yeah, so is that, and we're on Facebook, and you can find us on Twitch uh, with Rich at 3FN at twitch.tv slash 607podcasts. Anything else, ODPH, OchoDuroPolyR.com. Rich. Oh, geez, go to me, of course. All right, here it is. Let's get to the long story. Of course, you can find the podcast anywhere you get podcasts. It's Three Fat Nerds Podcast for everything. It's the number three 
fat nerds, uh, just to, to separate that. Uh, of course, we're on uh, Facebook, Three Fat Nerds Podcast. We're on Twitter and Instagram, at Three Fat Nerds Pod. Uh, 8122productions.com is the website. Uh, you can find everything there. Also, I'm the co-host and producer of Horror Zone 607. You can find that anywhere that you get uh, podcasts by searching Horror Zone 607. I do the wrestling show with Ken, so we're on Twitch. You already mentioned it, twitch.tv slash 607 podcast. And I feel like I, I got everything. So Patreon, Patreon if you want to plug. Well, yeah, Patreon. Patreon yes. Um, so Patreon. We're on Patreon. If you want to hear more of Diesel, you heard me talk about him a little bit earlier. And trust <laughs> me, he is a majestic, majestic beast. We gave him his own show. It is behind a paywall, not because we want to make money, because we made it real affordable. It's only $1 a month. But it's because the things he says would get us banned from everywhere. So when I'm done being podcasting, I've said I will release all of what we call love is scary to the wild. And I'll just watch the empire burn. So you can do that. Patreon.com slash eight, one, two, two productions. If you forget anything, just go to the website. It's eight, one, two, two productions.com. And uh, we have everything up there. And once again, saying that I was the hardest working man in any podcasting, because for some reason I just can't give up. And there's people keep pitching me podcast ideas. I'm like, I'm not a network. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I, I, enough is enough. Uh, three, three. Well, technically, the one's become a Twitch show now that we still put out in podcast form. The one me and Ken do, but I mean, it's three podcasts a week. It's 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 enough. Mm-hmm. I'm done. I tap out. Yeah. Plus Twitch stuff and probably YouTube stuff in the future. Ugh. <laughs> There's a lot on the plate coming up here. Yeah. yeah, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> a yeah. lot of stuff. But guys, Very Tyler, nice thank thoughts. you so much for having us on. Thank you for joining in. Y'all have a great evening, and uh, we'll catch you all in the pod waves this week. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Hi, guys. Take it easy. You've been listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack. Brought to you by Ashley Lodge Photography, Freddy Cat Productions, Encore Theatrical Company, and Advertising Expressions. 30 and Nerdy is an alternate reality radio show, a member of the Legion of Independent Podcasts, and a Badcast Company production. Join the Nerd World Order by following the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and follow along with the conversation using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. Find us in the Pod Nation at podchaser.com and rate this episode. Got something to say? Email us at 30andNerdyPod at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, cheers to you, nerds. That's all, folks.